Hey guys, welcome. 831 Podcast, episode 23. Getting through these now, doing them a bit. Um, I'm happy we did one yesterday and I've got another one out today. I'm hopefully going to get another one in this week as well. So yeah, we're getting there, right? We're uh, finally getting there. So if I can get this bad weather, I can't earn any money and I'm not working, but at least I'm putting out these podcasts. Um, Yeah, as always... Uh, sponsors wise reiterate again Trojan Nutrition Trojan Fitness Bristol lifelong sponsors of mine so hit those guys up let them know you listen to the show let them know that you know who I am they'll look after you for all of your needs supported me through my whole career Um, also the Cloud Seller Bristol look those guys up really helping me out with CBD at the moment Vitality UK CBD is what I'm using at the moment the Cloud Seller have a a huge range of all vaping products, CBD products. Go down there, speak to Tommy, tell him you know me, tell him you listen, and he'll look after you. I know he will. So go there and speak to the. He's super knowledgeable. Always looking to to build the brand and build his shop. So he's at the forefront of what's going on with CBD technology, vape technology, etc. So go and see Tommy. Tell him that you listen, and he will definitely look after you. Um, and he hooked me up with some great products. So. Go and see him, definitely. Um, Wild Style, not really a sponsor, but because Bernie was on yesterday, um, I thought I'd drop them again. Social Co, Wild Style, have hooked me up with some great clothing and apparel. So follow them, add them to your Instagram. Even if you're not going to buy products yet, just make sure you're following them because big things are coming. We.r.wildstyle on Instagram follow those guys because big things are coming there so it's really it is really important that you follow them um a free academy look them up instagram facebook sweatbox look them up face facebook instagram pedro bassa bjj all of these things they're, they're all things that are big attributes in my life where i train etc where i spend my time so look them up um and have a look at some of the things that i do look on my instagram any of the hashtags or anything follow them if you're going to follow the podcast you may as well have a look at some of the other things that we do so yeah follow the guys and also you know like the cloud seller page share the cloud seller page let them know that sponsoring me has been worthwhile it's going to bring more opportunity in for myself and other mma fighters or athletes in the future if it looks like companies sponsoring us is actually getting them like some publicity so please like share comment and likewise do the same with this podcast if you listen to this even if you only listen for 20 minutes just please share it as soon as you get home and you can because it growing will allow me to draw more people to speak to me and then that means i will put more of these out and there's more to listen to it's not narcissistic in me saying I want people to listen to me. It's that there's then a platform for people who do sit down and have a talk with me. So please share this um, and let's spread it as far as we can. And I'll keep working to put podcasts, interesting, funny podcasts out there. Uh, today, I sat down with Ben Lambert. Ben is strength and conditioning coach at A3 Academy. And he also started the A3 Academy. He's been involved in MMA and combat sports for a long time, both training and coaching professional fighters, jiu-jitsu players, etc. Massive rugby guy, huge influence over rugby players who he works with. Um, Interesting guy, but also a funny guy. I always have a laugh when I talk to him in this podcast. 
very much reflects that. We we talk absolute rubbish. We we ramble and baffle and just talk about crap for a while and then we talk about lots of mma it's very mma heavy lots about strength and conditioning lots about sports steroids and you know the schooling system it's just it's very general it's just fun like not all of these are going to be subjective and about a certain subject or genre some of them are just like this we're just just people chatting and hopefully you enjoy it so this is a really cool one i really enjoyed i had lots of fun that's why it's so long so i hope that you enjoy it as well have a listen as i said like share um and yeah let's let's try and build as much as we can i did as i did say i'm going to try and get another one in this week hopefully i'll be able to if the weather is continually crap it gives me time off work and i'll be able to so stand by for some more 831 podcasts thank you very much Okay, so Ben, thanks for joining me, mate. Thanks very much. How is it? <laughs> Fantastic. We're better for doing a live thing. Yeah, so this is our. Uh, if you're listening on audio, this is the first. We're we're live streaming to YouTube now as we do this, and uh, so Ben Ben came on the podcast and he walked through my door. I was like, guess what? We're going live on YouTube video. <laughs> I was shave and done. <laughs> Just sort of sprang it on him, so. But hey, what are you gonna? It's one of them, mate. You've got to. Uh, Someone's got to be the first, <laughs> mate. If all the people you could have had, you pick this chap. <laughs> fucking head on him, mate. No, um, it's good. It's like, yeah, it's nice. It's relaxed. You don't got anything to be worried about, you know. Hopefully, the the microphone's good, and so yeah, we'll see. Is we got to have a first one, and I was gonna fuck up as Paris with you. Paris you in someone really interesting. <laughs> so how's things? What's what's Very been good. going on? Very good. Well, this morning was basically. Well, two hours of uh, WWE wrestling. Oh, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, obviously, yeah. So we have the kids in, don't we? So we have the yeah. kids in the gym. Um, and sometimes they're, they're good as gold and sometimes they're fucking they're bonkers. Yeah, yeah. So when they're bonkers, if they want to do, put John Cena on and go mad, just do just it. Just allow them to. It's one of them. Yeah. It's one of them. It's like, try and get as much as, you know. <laughs> Look at okay, this. This is what happens. <laughs> delivery. Then, I've got a parcel delivery. Come on in a minute. <laughs> Come and say hello, oh, mate. Come and say hello. We're doing a live YouTube oh, broadcast. Come and see Cheers, mate. I think that's the first Amazon delivery I've ever been at home for. <laughs> um, yeah, so you were saying about the kids. You had yeah. the kids in. Yes. What's that, the deal with that? Is it like a school thing? Or? Yeah, I think, I think they're like a privately funded school. Um, so it's the sort of the naughty kids and the kids that obviously don't get on. In the in the education system that, that we all grew up in, um, yeah, mate, they're, they're good as gold. They're just they're like us. They're like they just don't want to be fucking <laughs> reprobates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't want to be told what to do. But anyway, yeah. so but I mean, the education system's the problem more so than the kids, right? I mean, I don't know what your take is on it, but for me, like I'm I'm sort of massively against the curriculum based education system that we have yeah. in the UK. Well. And and a wider field as well, but the UK pre- predominantly because I don't feel that you can take a class of thirty kids and teach them all the same subject the same way. No. In the same way that yeah, you can't once you do once you teach something like BJJ, MMA, etc. I think you understand a bit more, 
how people learn and the learning processes. And yeah. when you do do that, you look in a group of, say, 10, and you think, this is mad. We've got three different learning processes all going on here. Yeah. How are we meant to do this with 30 kids with underdeveloped brains? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, obviously, my missus is a teacher, isn't she? So she's like, what's she? FS1 or whatever that is. So, little yeah. five, four or five. But, um, <clears throat> like, she'll come home and tell me stories of what they're up to, and I think, fucking hell, like, Surely that's not the way to do it, is it? Do you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, it's one of them. She follows the follows the same system as everyone else. She's she's obviously really good. She's really good at the job. But she, when she comes back, she's forever talking about um like how the Swedes do it and the Norwegians and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Loves like um like play based learning. Like yeah, that's the sort of stuff they do. I've, the Danish have got uh have oh, yeah, got like that, yeah. really figured out. Even in uh, they've got a lot of communal living and stuff going on at the moment as well. The Danes, so that's quite cool. But I just for me, I just think like these kids are kids. They're underdeveloped, and we send them to school to to play and to learn a little bit. That's all very well, you know. Yeah. But then as soon as you give it a structured curriculum and tell some kids that they're underachieving because they're not performing well at this subject, which is taught by one person who learnt one way, then learnt how to teach one way. I think it's just so... I think you set kids up for for a shit start in adulthood by by doing that, by telling them you you don't learn very well, you're in this group for this. Instead of reassessing the whole learning uh, process and then the examination process. No, let's just tell kids they're under yeah, underachieving. Exactly that. I mean, the way I look at it is, it's not what a kid wants to learn; it's what you want to teach. So if you teach shit, they're gonna learn shit. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? does that make sense? It's uh, I don't know. Like, I think if someone's like um like a mechanic, you see some people and they're like fucking. All they want to do is get in the cars. Like someone yeah. like Lewis Hamilton. All, yeah. all he wants to do is race. Fucking let's let's teach him from that. Does that make exactly. sense? Exactly. Like, if you're gonna teach the guy maths and he's interested in racing, yeah. teach him math based around racing. Exactly. Something that he can apply and something that he can relate to. Exactly. In the same way that you know, look how many people do you know are using algebra or algebraic equations outside of the classroom or in that environment? Okay. And no one and surely you can within a within a couple of years of working with kids you can see this guy's going to be a teacher or this guy's going to yeah. be a son that maybe algebraic equations don't suit this guy let's let's put him he might still need it for for some sort of exam but i think exams are a flawed way of assessing kids i think what you need to do is hey, take their learning are, process exams are flawed all over the shop no matter whether they're kids or adults or whatever like i think it's i think it's horseshit yeah i think it's honestly horseshit like, yeah, and it's not. Like, for, I think it should be assessments throughout their learning process. 100%. Lots of different teachers, lots of group learning, yeah. lots of. Everybody would like there to be more individual one-on-one stuff, but it's underfunded. Teaching's underfunded, yeah. but I think the more you, the more you have a curriculum-based uh, education system, and kids are failing in that system, then you're telling teachers that there's no funding because you're failing at the system that yeah. is. A failing system. Yeah, You're screwed. Who's well. coming? Who's coming through? Who wants to? Who wants to commit themselves to a job? This thankless, you know. Yeah. It's it's a, it's like a, it's performance related pay as well. Like it's a weird it's a weird yeah, thing yeah. with that. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, if I do something, is for me. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. If I built a wall, I fucking built that wall. I'm getting paid for that wall. Does that make sense? Whereas the teachers, like, they got thirty kids and one of them shit. So twenty nine good pieces of wall. Twenty nine perfect bricks. One yeah. slam. One brick on the slam. They don't get paid. Yeah, yeah. Like, or they do get paid, but they never jump up the pay scale. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I get bent up with stuff like that, but like, who sets it? 
Like, who sets the actual... Gov- government guidelines, who, or... Like, like, I want to know, like, have they been, like, a head teacher for yeah, like so, 50 years? Yeah, you don't want to know the governing body. You want to know the individuals. Exactly. Who's sat on the board? Who's And maybe we could find that out if we, if we dug deeper and we had a, a massive interest. But I think... If we've got a system that's massively failing, and it is, because we've got less and less kids are achieving what they should be, more and more schools are becoming underfunded. If we're in that situation, something's going wrong. Let's yeah. fucking fix it. You know, let's yeah. let's have a look. Let's dig deeper and blame the teacher. Yeah. And let's say, hang on, let's let's reassess this because, like, my brother uh, never he never went to school after year seven. Really, he got he got bullied in year seven, and then never went back to school really from there. Mm. And Hasn't got any formal education whatsoever. He's business partner with me. Been a builder for seventeen years. He will walk into this room here now, and he, like we'll be going to quote a job. He'll walk into a room like this, and they'll say, "I want this." He said, "You can't because if you do this, this will be four point three meters out that way." Which means by the time the lintel comes in, it's got a low bearing of this, and you won't be. Able, and I'm like, "How the yeah. fuck?" Like but some people got a brain for that. Yeah, he just you know visualized I mean? yeah. everything. Walked in, boom, visualized it, saw it, knew that the calculations wouldn't work for that weight of steel. And then I'm like, in school, you were an underachiever, bum, yeah. didn't you got fells? Yeah, so yeah. to to label someone that, but then they go on to be earning thirty eight grand a year, owning their own business. Exactly. exactly. Like, it's like it's like they get they almost get told not to do it as well. Like when I was in school, they're like, well, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "I want to go to America and I want to coach. I want to coach football." Yeah. Like, yeah, but that's not a real job. Like, yeah. Fucking hang on a minute. Like, go and tell someone that, like, tell Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Oh, yeah, America's not a place you can play football. Fuck off, mate. He's on, like, half a million quid a year. Yeah. Do you know? And I think it's not... I think a lot of the stuff we do at school is not... It's not driven towards you progressing. It's driven towards them meeting a target. Yeah, yeah them achieving their targets. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Fair enough. Like, you know, everyone's got to do their own thing for themselves. But... I mean... Oh, we've got eventually the schooling system's got to stop being a business. Yeah, it's got to stop being a business, and you've got to take. Also, I think with career paths as well, like career paths have got to be becoming more and more limited, right? Because evolution of technology means yeah. there's less and less jobs. Well, yeah, like there is, and the job for life is gone. Yeah, so you know, like our parents would have gone like oh, straight to Cadbury's or whatever, go yeah. work for fries. Well, then them jobs are gone. The Fifty-year yeah. jobs, aerospace, same thing. Like more the, and more the, redundancies because machines are doing jobs exactly. you need one man to, to run a machine that does the work of 10 men look, look at these things now got a podcast people can make money out of this yeah, yeah. sitting in a, in a living room yeah. eating French fancies <laughs> <laughs> you, you were eating French fancies <laughs> I wouldn't eat French fancies from a professional athlete this is the reason for coming around I seen the bacon last night it's the first thing I mentioned was like, oh, a bit of bacon last night he's like get a bread <laughs> Yeah, I just <laughs> yesterday I fancied some bread pudding and my nan used to make it and then I know they sell it at like Parsons. I was like, fuck it, I'm making myself because I can have a tray of baked bread pudding. Yeah, you give me the tiniest little bit, I don't want to say nothing. I don't mind sharing, but I want to make sure there's enough bread pudding to last me the rest of the day because I'll eat a tin of bread pudding in a day. But you did bring around like these raspberry cranberry things in kombucha, so. Yeah, we're all set up. That's my tiny little bit of like, oh yeah, I'm looking after my gut health. It's going to take more than a can of kombucha <laughs> to look after that gut, I reckon. Mate, the, fucking, the worst bit is we, we obviously he fought the other day and we were sat on the side of the, uh, side of the keys and I said, like, listen, like, be honest with me. 
I long then to get a six pack and he just fucking looked away. <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's certain like sometimes people's goals are a bit too hard. Like I'm never one to shit on someone's dreams, and I think you can achieve but, anything. But, but <laughs> let's hey, keep mean, it real. Even when even when I made weight with Chris, I was like seventy seven. Bang on the number. Yeah. Didn't have no abs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no abs. Like abs. People say to me all the time, like, yeah, yeah I'm doing sit-ups and stuff. I'm like, Fucking no, man. listen, Thanks. you need to be super lean. <laughs> hey, I'm like... Super lean if you want abs. Hey, it's one of them. I like, I make the, I make the decision. So I either get really strong and eat what I want or have abs. Abs. Yeah. Fuck abs. Yeah. Abs, it? Listen, you got to miss your marriage or miss it. you got to miss it. It's not like, I'm single. If I ain't got any abs whatsoever I just don't go like, I don't I turn Tinder off for a month I'm like I'm not going on Tinder to at least a four pack there's no point not having abs and being single people are like oh yeah the dad bod women love the dad bod not the dad bod and cauliflower ears premature bald and in a great big beard one they might love the dad bod if everything else like, if you look like Jason Momoa you can pull off a dad bod you know yeah, that's what I look like. That's basically what I feel like I look like. <laughs> yeah, because you've got a missus and you're not trying to pull. Go back to being single and having the pool women. You'll you realise you don't look like that. I'm fucking so ugly. It's unreal. I'm so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ugly. But I have a nice time. That's it. So that's there you go, yeah. And you're married now, so yeah, what the hell, right? It's true. Fucking yeah, slipping that in, didn't you? Oh, he's married. Yeah, he's married. Just, sure just, just gets any girls <laughs> listening. Just he's married. Just gets any girls That's a bit of me. <laughs> That Ben Lambert is actually a bit of me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I put the, uh, made sure the camera's on the skydiving picture of me doing something. <laughs> just like the coolest I've ever been. Mate. Just a picture of me being the coolest I've ever been. Yeah, I can remember my, my missus, when we come to watch, uh, what show was that? I think it was a tear-up show. You were on there, Sellers was on there. My missus was there, she's like, oh, Knuckle up, show. Yeah, knuckle up, knuckle up. She was like, oh, Sting Bowers. I was like, all right, fair enough. Like, he's pretty famous, like... And she sort of looked around and she went, oh, it's Wes. I went, I fucking lost my lid. I was like, ah. I went from zero to ten. I was like, how oh, do you know him then? So, like, oh, yeah, he was on the telly. I was like, back down to zero. I was like, oh, I thought if you'd be in front of her, I thought you'd This is what I was worried about going live. Because I say shit like that. No. Like, what about going through her? Like, yeah, it's not missus. Your missus ain't going to listen to this. <laughs> Like, oh, I make it sound like your missus is out scouting for people to shag, and I'll shag anyone. Oh, he's gone through her. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, if he's wandered out to Nottingham and just happened to meet her, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> Imagine it. Imagine the coincidence, though. No, I don't want to imagine the coincidence. <laughs> Be deal breaker then. 100%. There's a lot to come 100%. back from that. There's a lot 100%. to come back from that. Like, we're, we're too live, but there's, there is another person, there's definitely another one, I think. If it was you, that's a hundred percent a deal breaker as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Hey, hey, you got a family here. This this podcast took a turn. It took a turn really quickly. Spiraled out of control. Tell me about this bird uh, then. About what? Oh, the eagle. Um, yeah, that's the first time you saw it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I just took Ben out there and he met the, the gold, one of the golden eagles, the male. Um, yeah, it's just like, now that you've seen it, like I can't explain, like a, people see it and they're like, wow, it's man, big. the golden eagle, yeah, massive. Big, big and I, yeah, I can see what you do. But 
it like it's not the fact that it's a really big angry cool looking bird it's i mean it's a lot of work a lot of effort goes into fly it to hunt it and then it's just the connection the bond the passion you know it's I just understand. bad what stops it flying off it's an avery so food association yeah. So sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I got you here, basically, yeah, French Francis and Bradbury. No, um, so it's all food association. So you bring its weight down, and you get to a to a weight where it will come back to you, fly back to you. Of course, then you do something which is called manning, which is basically they call it taming, but you can't ever really tame them. Yeah. But it's like for for want of a better explanation, taming the bird. Yeah. Um, so it's called manning, and then. Once they're manned to the point they don't mind you handling them and you can approach them, they don't try and fly away from you, etc. Then you get them to come to you. So you go out and you, you call them and get them to jump a little bit for food. Yeah. So you basically, you bring their weight down to their appetite exceeds their fear. Yeah. So they'll jump to your fist for food. Then you extend that length them from being a jump to them being two or three wing beats. Mm-hmm. From being two or three wing, two or three wing beats, you go to like three meters, four meters. And then from there, you can almost sort of like double up everything then. So then you're going, the, the progression from three meters to maybe a hundred meters might be two days as with a progression from eating on your fist to jumping three meters might've been two weeks, you know? Yeah. So once they, once you've got that appetite fear ratio sorted, they're quite responsive because they're predatory, you know, they have, they work on appetite. So as soon as you've got the appetite down and the birds responding how you want it to, you then play with it and adjust it so that you want the recoil to be instant. As soon as you know you can't even walk 100 metres anymore because it's already flying towards you, then you can let it off the line or off yeah. the creance and you can go a bit further. And then that's when, if it's going to fuck off, like sometimes they'll fly past you, they'll go in a tree. Yeah. But the moment you can recall it out of a high tree and it'll come back to your glove and land on your glove, then you're sort of, oh, well, I can recall it from a post, I can recall it from the floor, I can recall it from a high tree, it's not trying to fly away, it's not yeah. distracted, it's focused on me. So then you start introducing hunting, yeah. and then you might have to play with the appetite again, because it might have an appetite to respond for food, but an appetite to chase his own food and kill it might need a little bit more tweaking. Yeah. So it's all very much done on weight. Well, we'll say weight because we're talking layman's terms, but if I was doing a podcast about falconry, I'd, I'd expand on that because I have right. a different way of, of thinking about the process of training birds now. Mm-hmm. But so it's all done on weight and appetite. And as soon as it's responding, then being an experienced falconer, you gauge how it responds in each situation to know if it's ready to hunt, if it's yeah. ready just to recall. So, so how heavy is that bird? Hunting weight, about £8.6. Yeah. Eight, well, between £8.2 and £8.6, now about £10. So what would they be like if you, obviously that's as tame as you're going to get, but if it was out of bite wild, like how heavy would it be? Roughly. So it's hard because there's not a lot known about taking passage golden eagles in the UK. Passage is when they're an older bird and you ca- capture them and yeah. you train them. So I reckon it would probably be flying a lot heavier because it wouldn't allow itself to get its appetite down as yeah. low as we have to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would probably say between about the same sort of weight as that hunting, eight, six to nine pound, because he's what's called an imprint. He's right. never seen his parents. He's right. always been raised by humans. Yeah. So basically he thinks that I'm the same as him. Yeah. So it responds in in like a mutual relationship. It means you can extract semen from them by AI. <laughs> They're like yeah. it's not as you there's no like there's no, no. listen, you can't you porn, there's no you porn <laughs> videos of it or anything. You know, there's no wanking off a golden eagle. If there if it makes money, I'm up for it. Yeah, on the face as well. Yeah, so you can like 
they'll, they'll give you semen, they'll donate semen, and then you can have a female, you insemin inseminate her. But if you were to put it in with a another bird of prey, try and kill it. Because it doesn't know that it's the same. Right. So, uh, yeah, you sort of fuck their brains up a little bit. It's called imprinting. You sort of fuck their brains up a little bit. So in the wild, I would say probably about the same sort of hunting weight as here, maybe a little bit higher. That's not because they're, say, fitter or stronger. It's just... They won't let their appetite get as low. Yeah. Also, they won't kill as much. So, if I go out and fly my eagle, I would go out every day hunting. Right. A wild golden eagle won't hunt every day. If right. it eats a big portion or it kills something, let's say it kills a deer or a fox, it will go back to that kill the next day. Yeah. And then, if there's still some left the next day, it'll go back again rather than go killing Do they get other stuff. birds come across? So, it's like, if, if like... Me and you were, were golden eagles. You killed him over there. Would I bother to come out that tree and come and get it? Yeah. If, they... So... It's quite territorial, so golden eagles are quite territorial. They have a vast territory that they sort of so there. Like you know? Yeah, so but like ravens will come and eat off of it. But also other golden eagles, if they're passing, would would come down and they'd eat off it. Yeah. yeah. But you generally there's not there's only like two or three golden eagles in a ma like a hundred mile territory because oh. it's too it's too dense otherwise. They realise, hang on, there's already a pair of golden eagles here. We're gonna be competing for food, I'm not gonna be able to raise kids here. Yeah. So they'll disperse and go a little bit wider because they don't no golden eagles flying around thinking, fuck you, I'm going to take this bit of land off of them. Yeah. It's flying around thinking, I don't want to see anyone. I want to yeah. be left alone and I want to kill things, eat and have sex. So where are they from? Like, where so, are they? They're the, the golden eagles are the most diverse eagle species uh, in the world. So they appear on every continent except Australia and I think Antarctica. But that's a bit of a myth. There's another eagle that exists in... Australia called the Varose Eagle, the Black Eagle, and it's basically a golden eagle, but it's got black feathers. Right. So it's a subspecies almost, but it's not considered a, a subspecies. But there's no golden eagle in Austria, right. in Australia, and there's no golden <coughs> eagle in Antarctica. Every other, um, every other continent has golden eagles. Now he's from Austria. He was bred by a guy called Josef Hebler. He's considered maybe like the leading authority on golden eagles in Europe. Right. Um, he's half Daphnea, which is a Russian uh, variety of golden eagle, and they are the biggest, the largest, like, most spectacular-looking golden eagles, you know? Yeah. So his dad's pure Daphnea. No, his mum's pure Daphnea. His dad is Daphnea and Kamchatka, I think, which is part of the Russian steppe. Right. So that's the biggest type of golden eagles you yeah. can get. So he's, like, uh, he's from very... Good lines, so yeah. say you know, but but yeah, they can, we're not allowed to wild take them. They're Schedule Four birds protected in this country, so you couldn't just go and take one out of the wild and train it. Yeah, as are all all native bird of prey species in the UK, but they will. Uh, they're, they're they're in Russia, they're in Asia, but then you've got all different species. Yeah. So in Japan and Asia, they've got what's called Aquila chrysatus. It's the Latin name of the golden eagle. So you have Aquila chrysatus japonica. Which is like the Japanese Asian variety. They're really small. Yeah. And then you have Aquila Chrysatus Daphnea, which is the really big one. Mm -hmm. um, you have there's like a, a lot of them. There's like yeah. a, a load of subspecies basically, and that depicts where they're from. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're the most diverse of all the yeah. eagle species. Mate, I'm like I'm obviously I, mean, I am interested. Like when, when we were kids, like my dad would take us to all like the bird shows and go see the owls and the golden eagles. And we seen one. I can remember seeing one going. Fucking hell, that's a big bird. Yeah, yeah. Like, imagine, you're a little kid then, like, big glass and yeah. stuff. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And ever since, and then, obviously, when Chris was saying, oh, Wes got a big bird, I was like, yeah, let's go around and have a little look, though. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking big. I can't believe that's the first time you saw it. Yeah, like, it's it's good, because like this year you can uh, you come out hunting, you know? You'll get yeah. to come out hunting with me come September, etc. You know, we'll go out hunting and you, you'll get to experience firsthand mm-hmm. what it's like to go out and fly the bird. Yeah. Like, you can hunt it, you can hold it on your arm, recall it to your arm yeah. and stuff like that, you know? So, is it like, I know it sounds daft, does it know the glove? Or does it know... Or does it know, like, if so, we went out and I set it up, would it come back to the glove? Or would it yeah, so no, what, what you do is, so the way that you hunt an eagle, I hunt my eagles called, something called out of the hood. Right. So, it's got a hood on all the time, it can't see. Mm-hmm. And then, if if I kick a hair up or a fox runs out of the hedge, and it's running in the right direction, I can take the hood off and it will chase the fox. As soon as the hood's come off and it sees it, yeah. it will chase the fox. But if, say, we're walking in some hilly ground and the fox runs uphill, there's no way my bird can catch that. Because a fox will run uphill faster than a bird will fly uphill. Okay. So uh, there's no point taking the hood off. The bird's yeah. still going to try and catch it, even though it can't get yeah. it. It's going to get tired, frustrated, and you might walk three foot further than another fox yeah, runs. Yeah, yeah. So you keep the hood on. So what you do is you fly it, it chases, it misses, lands on the ground, let's say, and then you just recall it back to your glove. Hey, call it. Now, what the bird does, the bird is associated the falconer and the call with food. So it's right. going to recall. Now, what you can get with golden eagles is it will probably recall straight to you, but it can behave a little bit weird on your glove because right. it'll look at you and they know it's not it's you, not you know. Either. It could be a bit aggressive or it can be like, you know, it could grab the food and then try and get away from you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. hang on, something's not right here, you yeah. know. Like It could literally be that you've got a red hat on and I never hunt with a red hat. It notices that that's different yeah. and it's like... Hang on a minute, what is this? I'm not, I don't want any part of this. So yeah, they can be a bit weird like that, but um, in the end, it just responds to food. So that's how I could sell that bird to another falconer and he'd be able to fly it because it knows the drill of of being trained for food and once it's out hunting, it just goes straight back into the process, basically. Is there a big business in it? Like reselling? Like resell birds? Uh... That that depends. So there are so the Arabs are massively into it. Yeah, so when I bought my dog, the yeah. the, the guy was sort of breeding uh, peregrine falcons. Not yeah. if you're allowed to or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where but is like, it from? Uh, up, up by Nottingham. By Nottingham. Okay. Um, but yeah, fuck me. It was like some big money. Like so I've been. Uh, yeah, like I've been to. Uh, I've been at a friend who breeds peregrines, jura peregrines, the Arabs are really into jura peregrines now, which is a hybrid between a jura falcon and a peregrine falcon. Because in the, the UAE and stuff, they have falcon racing. Right. And they will fly at Hubaru, which is a big bird out there. So it's a massive thing. They'll literally drive like four, seven ton trucks out to the desert, set up a camp, and then have big hunting exhibitions. So I've been at a breeder's house before, and Arabs turned up with two massive lorries, stopped, come in, had a look at some birds, I've had to go and catch Bertram, he's looked at it, measured the wings and measured the weight and looked at the beak formation, looked at the colour, colour was a big selling factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, okay, now we eat. And then one of the sides of the lorries comes down, it's a full catered wagon. <laughs> we sit down, we eat, they've brought out like goat, it was like this was this? a friend's house who breeds birds yeah. of prey. And uh, they drove from London, you know, look, Two massive seven-ton lorries. One of them was a catering wagon. The food was incredible. When we're leaving, he just goes to the van, gets out like um, a Rolex for the guy who sells the birds, gives me this lush Sony camera, just giving gifts. Like must must give about ten grand worth of gifts to me, the guy who breeds the birds, his family. Just crazy. If I'd have said like I'm going to London later on, he'd be like, "Where are you going?" He did sort everything out. Just super money is just like just pouring out money, you know. That's so he did that with business. falcons. And then 
Yeah, they're Falcon projects over in the UAE now are ridiculous. What do you think to Dubai and the UAE? I've not been to Dubai. Never been to Dubai or the UAE. So everyone says to me I'd love Dubai because of the base jumping, paragliding, skydiving, you know. It's a big, like, adventure playground, basically. But it doesn't interest me. I'm not drawn to go there. It's a weird place. Like, when we went, obviously, we went, we just, like, uh, for our honeymoon. So we literally got off the plane, got there, and you're like, no one holds hands, no one does nothing, yeah. it's weird, like, it was a weird, we were there a couple of days, to be honest, we fucked up, because we went in August, which is, it's just too hot, it's yeah. so hot, man, even the, even the people from, from Dubai were on holiday, do you know what I mean, they didn't stay there, it's so fucking hot, like, you walk out of the hotel, and you're like, your glasses just steam up, like, it's ridiculous, it's too hot, but, that being said, the, f- the food was nice there. It was nice. Everything's nice there. Everything you look yeah. at is nice. Do you know what I mean? Everything's I mean, there's money in it. It's oh, money, mate. money. They've spent a lot of money on it. The grass is so green. That's yeah. the food, mate. I got off the thing. That's the first thing I've seen. I was like, fucking hell. Like, it's a desert. Like, what, how yeah, does it keep yeah. nice grass? Do you know what I mean? But it's water on all Water the time. consumption, yeah. All yeah. the time. Like, fucking hell. No wonder, they got, no wonder it looks nice. Yeah. Like, they must be spending an absolute fortune. I mean, it just, like... It interests me because I'd like to go in base jump um, off the Burj Khalifa. Yeah, you're um, saying about the palm. Um, uh, yeah, thingy, uh, skydive over the palm. I'd like yeah, to do yeah. that. I'd like to... There's like a big zip wire as well that you go down and you can base jump off of. I'd love to do that sort of thing. But I'll get bored. Yeah. Like, it, that's okay to go and do that. But for me, base jumping off buildings is, is okay. If you, like, if you've got permission, yeah, you get to base jump off buildings. It's cool, but I like... I like the sneaky stuff. I like being James Bond and sneaking into buildings yeah. in like climbing cranes and stuff. Or I like to go to somewhere like Moab in Utah and you, it's legal to jump all the cliffs, but I won't ever ask people where the exit points are. I like to go find them. And then, right. so I watch YouTube videos of like a, a little base jumping place and I think, well, that looks like that. That looks like that. And I'll yeah, go to where yeah, I think yeah. it is and I'm like, Get the YouTube video back up, compare the launch, and yeah, this is it, we found it. Yeah. And I love the adventure, so it might take me three hours to find an exit point for a, you know, like three second jump. But the adventure was the hike. Yeah. Like the, yeah, the jumps, yeah, yeah. people are like, oh, you're mad doing that. Like the jumps, nothing. Like that's, yeah. I like the adventure. I only base jump for a base jumpers are really cool, mm-hmm. and the adventure can be awesome, you know? Yeah. When it comes to doing stuff like uh, in Blackpool, there's, there's a thing where you can jump off a crane in Blackpool. And um, it's organised, so it's legal. It's over one weekend. And you just go and jump many jumps as you want off of this crane that they've written. Now, that's okay. It's, it's a laugh with a group of buddies, but I'll get bored of that within three yeah. jumps, you know? Like, I like the adventure side of things. Yeah. I mean, you suppose, like, fuck all to look at in Blackpool over, is there? Shit's on it. Yeah, exactly. No, there is like, nothing. After, as soon as you leave, like, well, as soon as you've jumped here, where else are you going to go? Yeah, and you're not jumping for anything other than you can jump. Yeah, you can jump, yeah. Yeah, so... Hey, fuck that you always say that. Oh, I'll take you up on a tandem with you. fuck that man. yeah I'll take you paragliding you, <laughs> yeah I, you'll love it I reckon hey, I'm scared of heights isn't I yeah but I was scared of heights well, I'm scared so that's of why you were at base jump <laughs> I'm scared of everything I'm scared of everything I'm scared yeah. of live video no, broadcasts I'm scared of the heavy that's the two things you don't want to be fucking <laughs> in the air isn't it you know what I'm saying but I, it's a weird thing it does interest me a bit of it I do think you should just do it you should, you should do it you should do it yeah. but yeah and everyone but, says that you should do it but I think I think everyone should skydive just because it's the most extreme that you can go to. As in, you can't go fifteen thousand feet under the under the sea. Yeah, but you can go fifteen thousand foot in the air. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, you should push yourself to as far as you can. And listen, people don't die skydiving now. Like if people die skydiving, it's human error. Yeah. You know, so you go to a reptile place with a good tandem instructor, you're going to be fine. You know, um, human error kills people in skydiving. 
I don't recommend you base jump. I don't recommend anybody base jumps. <laughs> but like, I think if you can live your life not base jumping, don't base jump. Why do it? Why do I do it? Why does anyone do it? That's a hard one to answer. Like, it gives so many people... Like, why do people get in a cage get punched in the face? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I base jump because base jumpers are really cool. That's not why I first started base jumping. Like, I, I've always been sort of scared of heights in it. When I'm on something high, I want to jump off it. Yeah, so, look, if I'm on top of a big building, I yeah. would literally find myself pulling myself away from the edge thinking, fucking, I nearly jumped then. With no really? base rig on. Like, this is before I base jumped. Just would have urges to jump off really high stuff. So I knew I'd do it. So I started base jumping. I liked it because I liked the adrenaline. So it was fun. Yeah. And then when I realised that I was travelling across America and we'd see a big bridge, like the Auburn Bridge. Like, the Auburn Bridge? Boom, pulled off the side of the road, drove, looked at it, pissing down around. I was like, I'm jumping. The lads were like, fuck it, let's do it. So we just jumped. Just everything becomes an exit point, you know, yeah. or potential. I really liked that side of it, the adventure side of it. And that's why paragliding gripped me so much, I think, is because... When you base jump, it lasts about three seconds. Plus, then if you can put in the adventure side, it might be a couple of hours. Yeah. When I paraglide, you're actually paragliding. Sometimes I'm paragliding for seven hours. I'll take off in, say, Gloucester, Leckhampton, fly to Weymouth. takes me five hours. Yeah. And all the time you're relying on the thermals. Yeah. So you get as high as you can on the thermal, glide, and then you've got to find another thermal. Climb back up. So, so all the time you're thinking, fuck, no, I'm only 300 feet off the ground. I'm done for. Jesus Christ, it's over. Boop, 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 boop. Find another thermal climb all the way back up to cloud base again. Go on glide. So what's cloud base? What's that? Where the, where the bottom of the clouds are. Right. The base of the so cloud. You never want to fly through the clouds. Yeah, you can, but yeah. it just depends what how, how the clouds are. Mm-hmm. We're looking for cumulus clouds, which are like the puffy, cotton yeah. woolly looking clouds. Yeah. We're looking for them underneath most of them. There, if you find one with a curved grey bottom, that's usually a thermal sucking up hot air. Right. So. Under each cumulus is generally a thermal, so you try and ed- edge towards the best-looking cumulus. You climb up to the bottom of them, but yeah. once you get into the clouds, you can't see anything. You don't know if there's any other gliders around, or you know, so you shouldn't really fly in cloud. And also, you're not really going to go that much higher. Yeah. So once you get to the bottom of the cloud base, you might take you twenty minutes to climb up to the cloud base. So once you get cloud base, move on, start traveling yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you go as far as you can, find the next thermal, climb back up, go again, find the next thermal, and all you've got is the ther- thermic activity you've got no engine so you've got a hope that you know you can uh, find another thermal and climb back up yeah is there anything you think that's what I want to do so you're quite obviously you fight you do the base jump you do everything yeah. else is there anything you think yeah I want to try that the only thing that, that if you were to say a bucket list of things that yeah. I'll be disappointed if I never got to try ride a rodeo ball I, I honestly, in my head, just before I said that, I thought, I bet that's what he says. Yeah? Yeah, fuck that. That's, that's the thing. Like, and when you think the best guys in the world are struggling to do eight seconds, yeah. I just want to feel what it feels like. I'd like to get on it and try and ride just it and just feel what it feels like. Get on top of me like. and mount, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, yeah. Ride a rodeo ball or Mount Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would like to do that. When I was in America, I messaged a couple of rodeo places yeah. and one in Texas said come by we'll, we'll see if we can they had like a rig there set up and come by we'll see what we can like, have a chat with us and stuff yeah. and, but um, yeah it's not sort of thing you just go and walk and sit <laughs> on a ball that, you, know you could do it though could you just go in and do it I mean like well if you went there and you met the people and you weren't some fucking psycho who was just nuts yeah. they've got a lot of them have got like practice balls and like, you'd uh, probably get you to ride the practice ball for a bit or put you on a young steer or something you know Yeah. maybe I don't know I didn't do a lot of research into it but that is all that I can think of I'd like to do. There's other things that I'd like to do, like 
for me, I always wanted to jump out of a hot air balloon, so I jumped out of a hot air balloon. Yeah. Then once I jumped out of a hot air balloon, I was like, don't know. Okay, it's just like jumping off fucking anything. Yeah, yeah. Jump out of helicopters or something, like jumping out of... It was really cool because you don't... But I wouldn't want to keep doing it and doing it. I'm yeah. like, I've done that. Again, if you said to me, Wes, I'm going on a hot air balloon ride... I'm going to ask the guy if he'll let me jump. And he said, yeah, I'll come, 100%. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no reason for me to get in high air <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking rubbish. <laughs> so, I'm like, so, things that I would like to do, I don't... I don't know, really. Like, I I keep thinking I'd like to do, like, one of these ultra-marathon 200-mile runs. Yeah, good luck with that, mate. Yeah, like, I don't run. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I don't know. And then... Listen, I think... if you do it, I promise I'll come and watch, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the only other thing for me, there's a race... Uh, did you know I did that race called the X-Pier a couple talk, of years talk, ago? Talk me through it. Paragliding race across the Pyrenees Mountains. You can hike or you can fly. Right. So you've got your paraglider that you've got to carry all the time and you have to hike a thousand kilometers from one end of the Pyrenees to the other, or you can fly if right. the conditions. Yeah, yeah. So got to climb up mountains and stuff, and really hard work. You got uh, somebody following you in a van who's an assistant, got everything you need. But you got to carry your mandatory stuff. Well, in two uh, tomorrow, there's a race called the X Alps, which is sponsored by Red Bull. Yeah. And uh, it's the same thing, but you do it across the Alps and it lasts for three weeks, um, and it goes over like six countries. You know, you got to hit so many turn points and yeah. stuff. I really think I'd like to do that, um, but a, it's the most dangerous race on earth. Yeah. Without a doubt, it's the most dangerous. Yeah, the weather systems are really bad. Like this one, this time, people are worried that there might not be any flying because the weather is looking so bad in the Alps for the next two weeks. She always been a foot race for the next two weeks running around the Alps. Because I did I mean? think I did. I did wonder how how you race it. So that makes sense to me. I'm like, well, you just get from the top to the bottom, innit? Like, that no. Makes, not, is so, it? because you start one end of the Alps, yeah. and you have to get to the other end of the Alps, say. Mm. So, th- let me show you the, the map for the X-Pier. If anyone's, like, listening, I'm sure you could just Google X-Pier 2018, and you'll find the, uh, you'll find the, um, the link to that, definitely. And you'll see the route. But this is the route that we had to cross... So do you have like a like a different setup for this if you're racing? Like yeah, yeah, setup? yeah. So this is where you start here on this yeah. beach. You have to fly or run all the way along here. Of course, it's all mountains. Yeah. So it's all mountains. So you can't run in a straight line. And then you go back into France, back into Spain, back into France, back into Spain. Okay. And you have to run or paraglide it, you know? And how far is that? What's the distance? So I think the straight line's 588 kilometers. Yeah. But by the time you've done it, you're talking nearly a thousand kilometers. Because you don't, you can't go in a straight line, obviously, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, there's one called uh, the X Alps. That's on my sort of list of things to do. But all this is at the moment, you know. I just thought so. Realistically, I've got to stop doing yeah, things jump, that I love. Jump, jump. <laughs> I got to stop doing things I love if I'm going to fight. Because, yeah. like Reedy was saying to me the other day, he's like, "You should be in UFC." He's like, "Yeah, you're not in your." And I'm, like, I'm not disappointed because it's my fault. Maybe I wouldn't have made UFC, but yeah. I should have had eight or nine more fights than I've had yeah. because I shouldn't have been off paragliding, jumping off buildings it's and stuff. Them. It's like, like you know, we've obviously you you fight and I've been around fighters for fucking years now, get on ten years. Like the sacrifice. Sometimes I look at it and just think, it that ain't fucking worth it. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I can think yeah. it, that ain't worth it. Yeah, you know, you miss out on so much other shit. That's exactly listen, it. like. Even the lads, like our lads, you're like, they've got families and bits and pieces of that, and they just don't fucking see them. I think it's such a selfish. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And everyone gets into this, oh, it's camp, camp. 
gets into yeah, this fucking yeah. six-week thing of camp, 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 camp. It's like, it's a make-believe, isn't it? But it's so fucking, it's so, it's so intense. It's so selfish. That's the... Takes, it takes everything. And I, I always say, MMA will t- always take more from you than it'll give back. Yeah. Unless you're Conor McGregor. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, he's done all right of it, but... Yeah. I've obviously trained all over the world with some of the biggest camps, the biggest gyms in the world. Yeah. Seen guys who are training for UFC title fights and I, I, I'm in their camp with them, helping them get ready. So I can say firsthand what these guys are putting in. Then you've got people like Nad. Yeah. All he does is train. Yeah. He trains to fight. He's an MMA fighter. He trains to fight. That's it. He's not got paragliding hobby. He doesn't go fishing. He's not doing, you know. And for me, people say like, oh, don't you, don't you ever think like, if you'd have just put everything into it, I'm like, I wouldn't have lasted. Yeah. Oh, there's no way I'd last in it. I think that's such a, it's such a stupid thing to say when people say that. Like, oh, you should just put everything into it. Like, yeah. but it's not, it's not one thing, is it? Yeah. I live fucking, I train for X amount of hours. I've got everything else around me the whole time. Same as all these dumb fucking, all these divvies that go, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, it's not talking about myself now, <laughs> but like, kind of out of shape and I'm like, fucking hell. And you're like, well, hang on a minute, mate. You, you train for three hours a week. Yeah. Like, look how many other hours are left in the week, you know? And I think with the MMA, sort of, you just get left the three hours. You do all the rest of the stuff around that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You get three hours left for your outside life. I think it's, it's such a short window. And I, sometimes I, I just think the juice can't be worth the, the squeeze, do you know what I mean? I that's, that's the thing. I mean, uh, uh, for me, in certain cases it has been. But then I can't turn down a great paragliding day just to go training. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, I just yeah. can't. Like, And I can't... So, I'm not of the thought that I'm going to live to 100 years old. I don't think that. I yeah. think I'm going to live to the end of today. Yeah. And even then, I think I'm pushing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think I've got to the end of the day. So, today, I want to do everything I can in that day. And do you honestly you know? live that all the time? Like yeah, so that's what I try to, yeah. I try to. Um... You know, like I get up some days, like I like work. I gotta to go to work, but it looks a really good paragliding day. Yeah. But I'm thinking, well, I'll get to go paragliding again. But also because I've already been paragliding. Yeah. I guess if I miss a day and I died today, I've done lots of paragliding. Yeah, it, you know. Yeah. But so sometimes I go to work because my brother's part, my business partner. So if I don't go to work, he suffers as well. Yeah. So I do I do things and I make sacrifices like that. But I generally live my life that there's no tomorrow. Like, I'm not gonna, I can't, I love MMA. I absolutely love MMA, but probably if I'd have gotten the UFC five years ago, yeah. after one or two fights, I would have probably not really trained that much, even yeah, if I'd yeah. won, because yeah. I'd have probably wanted to go base jumping. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, I really want to do base jumping, really want to do base jumping. Yeah. Just focus on your MMA career. Yeah, what well, if I don't get to go base jumping? Yeah. And then I'm, I'm fucked. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't, because even for this fight, the one coming up, I missed five or six really good paragliding days. Um, I didn't do any stand-up comedy. Stopped writing, everything. Didn't write, because when I got home, if I'd be, had a good training session, I'd analyse the training session, or I'd yeah. watch videos and, yeah, yeah. and stuff. And I'd say, no, you've got to get your head in fighting now. You're fighting. Yeah. This You can't go out and have a shit performance. There's no excuse. Four years out, you've got to go back and you've got to fight. Yeah. So I committed everything. And then it becomes a bit too much then. I just think, then I get a bit like, thank God it's fucking over and now I can yeah. do this and now I can do that. It's not a case of, right, a week's rest, get back on it, push for the next one. But we are there, yeah? It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Soon as we finish these <laughs> French fancies. <fantasies. laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really get like, I'm not like, oh, the next one, the next one, the next one. Look, I, I would like to have a fight in UFC. 
Um, and yeah. possibly four more wins, maybe I yeah. could maybe get there. But do I want a five fight contract with the UFC? I don't think I want the pressure of that. I know it's baffling, but is that something that's obtainable? I don't like, know. Not, 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 you know what I mean? No, like, you're I'm not. Asking, it, yeah. These are, I'm a realist. You know I mean, go four more wins, get up to 18 and 8, yeah. five fight win streak, been on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Probably top five in the UK then. Mm-hmm. Got connections with the UFC. Maybe I can blag it on a card. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe a European card I could blag it onto. Um, I want to do that, but I wouldn't... I wouldn't... If I decide I'm never going to fight again, I wouldn't say that my career was a failure because I yeah. never got in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. As where lots of people say, oh, I never made it to the top. I'm like, I made it to the top. Yeah. Because I've trained it Black House, it yeah, American was- Top Team. I've trained... All over some of the biggest gyms in the world, I could name a plethora, yeah. and I've trained with them, and I've trained with UFC fighters, and I've trained with World Series of f- Fighting guys, I've trained with Glory guys stood up, I've trained with Marcelo Garcia on the ground, and yeah. you know I've trained with some of the best guys in the world. I know my level. Yeah, I'm not getting to demonstrate that in the cage or in the octagon for the UFC, but my career's not been a failure. Yeah, I've been all over the world, and I've trained with the best guys in the world. I know my level. I I've been there, and top guys have said. Wes, can you help me get ready for my fight? So, yeah, it's quality. So yeah. I'm happy with that, you know. If you want me as a sparring partner for a UFC fight, you're assuming I'm good enough to put you under as much yeah, pressure. Yeah, yeah. So for me, my career's not a failure if I don't get in the UFC. Mm. As where before, when I was a bit younger, and for a lot of people, maybe like Nad, etc., it's their everything to be in the UFC. And I fully respect that, and I really respect their commitment. But for me, I have a commitment to myself. Yeah. And I feel like I'm robbing myself of so much just by committing to, to that. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, we touched on it the other day, but we were just chatting, weren't we? But where's the, you know, where, I'm asking you because when I spoke to James, like you know, you know, obviously we speak about James, but he, um, oh, I can remember we went to Jamie Jones's gym, yeah. which is like wherever that is, Oxford or whatever, and he was starting to talk about his time in Pride and like the gyms he'd been. He went to a string, extreme couture and stuff like that. I was like, I wonder, like, where's where's the best place you've gone? Where's the best place you've trained? Um, because I am interested. All I do is watch people train. Best hard to quantify because then you have to take into account: Are you looking for the best coaching? Are you looking for the best sparring partners? Are you looking for the best weather that allows you to? So it's hard to quantify. Where do you get the, the most? Best is the is the next question and the follow up. Where do you get the most out of it? Do you get the most out of sparring partners or get the most out of coaches? Um, so I think environment's key. Yeah. So, the best place for me to train is at home. Yeah. Because I'm I'm comfortable. I don't yeah, have to yeah, think yeah, about yeah. everything. I can just you know if I get out my out of my house now and my car's not working, I can jog to the gym or I can ring yeah. someone and say come pick me up. You know, if I'm in say when I was at ATT, if I was at ATT and my car broke down, yeah, I can just ring. Like, Who am I gonna ring? Like Tiago Alves? Like yeah, yeah. Tiago. I know we got a spar, but my car's broken. Come pick yeah, me yeah. up. He's got to come thirty miles out of his way because, like, Florida's massive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Come thirty miles out of his way just for a spar with me. Like no, it just doesn't work. Like, so you've got to be somewhere that a you're super comfortable. Um, then it's the other guys who are at the gym. So Black House was amazing. Kenny Kenny Johnson was brilliant to me. But first day there sparring, it's. 30 to 40 killers and you know people are hitting me with spinning elbows spinning yeah. back kicks and I know they're doing it since my first day there and they're trying yeah. to put it on me a bit but brutal so then two weeks later we have another sparring session it's brutal again so 
for me, I was like, I don't need to fucking train yeah, like yeah. this. Like, I, it's good that they've welcomed me in and I'm part of their sparring. And the next minute, Kenny is like, Wes, I'm going to put you with Jake Ellenberger because he's got a fight coming up. And James Montessori and Alan Juban, I'm going to put you all in a foursome. Yeah, nice. And then we're just going to do pressure <laughs> sparring. Yeah. I was like, yeah, cool. Like, brilliant. And, you know, I'm going in, I'm subbing a couple of them in, I won't say which out of them, but I'm subbing a couple of Look them. Look how much you want to, though. I'm no. having good <laughs> Look at his face. No, I don't. <laughs> stand-up wise, you know, like James Montessori was fucking horrible stood up because yeah. he's got really taekwondo like powerful guy you know big strong lightweight but I spar with them amazing and it was a great group those four I was like this is fucking brilliant you know yeah. the coaching then we had the next day we had a wrestling session with Kenny the coaching was excellent the next day was jiu-jitsu and Luis Panza took it and just and then two days later I'm Spot it's sparring. I'm doing my first round with Lyota Mashida. Like, amazing. It's great because you forget who these people are after a while. They're just sparring partners, but everyone's of such a good quality. But there was elements there where, like, it's in fucking LA, which is a shit place to live. Yeah. Um, so I'm having to, like, you can't, I can't drive to the gym because I gotta time the traffic perfectly if I do that. So you gotta set yourself up near the gym. Yeah. So although that was amazing, it wasn't the best. And when I trained at Gracie Baja with the Graces, amazing. But which Graces? Who, who, who was there? Um, Hickson was there for a bit. Um, What's that like? But he's like God, isn't he? Yeah, like God. So yeah. I didn't even roll with him. But like, so I rolled with Babalu and um, I, I, a few other guys. This yeah. is like a few years ago. Um, so I went and I did gi for the first few days, and I was like, listen, I'm. I fight MMA. I want to do no no gi. Can I go with them guys? Yeah. And then the guy looks at me. He's like, these guys. He's like, yeah. Like I just I fight MMA. I obviously know that's Babalu, but if I could just jump in and he goes, hey man, go. I was like, yes. Got my fucking ass handed to me. Yeah. Went back the next day. Got my ass handed to me. Went back the next evening. Got my ass handed to me. Went back the next morning. Ass handed to me. Carlson Gracie calls me over. Yeah. And he goes. When you roll, you, you try not to get subbed, man. I was like, yeah, like I'm just trying just to be defensive. And he went, you will never sub anyone, man. I was like, what do you mean? He said, you have to try. You have to try. Yeah. And it, something clicked in my head. I was like, fuck. I'm never going to sub anyone avoiding trying to be subbed. Yeah. I'm better off getting subbed 20 times as opposed to 10. Yeah. But trying to catch people and then eventually I'll catch someone. As soon as I did that, the whole game changed for me. Yeah, yeah. The whole jiu-jitsu... I mean, I'm a low-level guy at this point. My, the whole game changed for me. My outlook on jiu-jitsu changed, you know? Yeah. So, uh... I, I really reckon cool. I'm in the same place as you were then. So, like, I'm a low-level, but, like, I've just started to get to the fact where, like, if I get tapped, get tapped. Fuck it. Oh, but the ego. The moment you drop your ego, that white belt exactly. ego has to go, you know? Exactly. I mean, I spent years trying not to get subbed by, like, sellers... Tommy, and still get subbed, no, yeah, no matter course. what happens. But yeah. just sit there like a fucking really tight ball and, and not, not I never subbed anyone. Nothing. So that's the thing. Like The more you try and sub people. So if I teach you an armbar and a triangle, and that's all I give you in your whole arsenal. I teach you an armbar, I teach you a triangle, and I don't teach you how to escape anything, I guarantee you still do what everyone does. Never try the armbar, never try the triangle, try not to get subbed. Yeah. And it's like, I haven't taught you how to evade getting subbed. Yeah. So you shouldn't be able to not get subbed. Mm. You should be getting subbed left and right because I haven't taught you any defence. I've only taught you two attacks. Yeah. The reason I've taught you two attacks is I want you to attack, 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 attack. Now, all you're going to have to do, this might last six weeks, it might last six months. You'll sub someone once yeah. with an arm bar, let's say. You catch someone with an arm bar. The second you sub someone with an arm bar, it'll click. Yeah. Like, Fuck, man, yeah, I set that up for this. Then, 
you might go five more weeks. But in those five more weeks, without subbing anyone, in those five more weeks, what you'll find yourself doing is trying to set up that arm bar a bit more. Now, when you can't get that arm bar, instead of fucking panicking and getting subbed, you avoid and try and get to a point where you can set up the arm bar. Yeah. So because of that one thing, ten things have fallen into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one arm bar has allowed an opening for you to defend arm bars, to think about how arm bars are set up, to then think about, hang on, I didn't get the arm bar, but I'm in a position for the triangle. Yeah, Boom, yeah. where's taught me the triangle? Mm. So that one move was the catalyst for all these other things coming into place. So now from two moves, you have ten. From those ten, you then, every one of them that you've got, whether it's an escape, you think the counter from this escape will be then to get side control. Ah, so now I need to learn something from side control. Yeah, yeah. Every one of those then has a branch off of it. Mm-hmm. But the more you try and the more you play... Yeah, that is play. It's play, it's yeah. It's play. It's play. I get subbed now. Like, there's no... Like, I might go to the gym and it peds. There might be seven black belts on the mat, eight purple belts, five blue belts, six white belts. Yeah. I might go to the gym. I might have a night where I sub four black belts and no gi. I'm not subbing any fucking black belts. <laughs> <laughs> fucking um, no gi. I might, I might sub four black belts. Um, I might sub two purple belts and get subbed by a blue belt. Yeah. Made a mistake. Took my eye off the ball. This guy's got an amazing triangle. He's really long and all he's worked as his triangle for ages. He's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Boom, he caught me with Like, shit, I didn't see that one come. Caught me with it. Yeah. I laugh. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to learn more of, from that than he is. Yeah. He's just subbed someone who's been doing jiu-jitsu 16 years with a triangle that he knows he's good at. Yeah. So if he can sub me with a triangle, he should sub anyone with a triangle. Yeah. I got caught with a triangle from a guy who's got a good triangle. It, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be catching me with the triangle. Yeah. No matter how good you are at a triangle, I should see all the signs leading up to it. I'm going to learn more from that than he is. Yeah. But he's going to walk away with a... Um, listen, this is a hypothetical. I say he's going to walk away with an ego. This isn't an individual. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. He's going to walk away like, oh, I subbed Wes. I caught Wes with a triangle. Oh, I subbed Wes. He's not going to go away, go away and say, what did Wes do wrong there? Yeah. Because I shouldn't have caught Mate, him I'll tell you that. what, I had the same thing. I had the same thing last week. So last week's the first time I think I've ever, ever rolled. I didn't get subbed. Ever. Yeah. I walked out, I was like, fuck, I didn't get subbed. Brian Belt, I didn't get subbed. Fucking sh- close, but I didn't yeah. get subbed. And I was like, I walked out, I was like, fuck it, I'm the man. Yeah. And in the reality, I'm like, we didn't, I didn't sub anyone over. And I was like, <laughs> shit. So, so I, I just lost on points. I basically just did this with my, just like kept moving the same thing up and down. Exactly. Same move. I didn't do, didn't learn exactly. fuck all. Didn't do nothing. I didn't analyse anything. Yeah. Because then, because you've got so fixated on not getting subbed, yeah. you forget what they were even trying to sub yeah, you with. Yeah. Or what they were tr- it was. Because, it so, Ped, Pedro will always sub me with a couple of certain submissions. I'm not saying what they are, because he'll do it even more. <laughs> um, but he's got a couple of submissions that I know he can get me with. It will. So I yeah. put myself in a position, because I want to learn how he does it. Yeah. So I'll go there, and he might think, fucking hell, Wes, I've caught you four times with this tonight. What he might not realise, I'm sure he does his pet, yeah. but what he might not realise is, I'm putting myself, because I want to know what his body movement is. Yeah. How did he get his hip out of that half guard? Yeah. Why did he turn to the left, and then, oh, he stepped back over. And I'm allowing myself to get subbed five times, because I want to learn what he's doing, yeah. and he subbed me five times with the same move, but he'd set it up four different ways. Yeah. So what was what was different and what was the same about those four different ways so I play in those scenarios there's no point me going to uh, to, a, to a class at Pedro's and trying to sub Ped sub him sub him sub him sub him 
I'll try that. If I get top position, I think, right, I'm not fucking giving you yeah. top position back. I'm keeping top position. If I get swept when I'm on the bottom, I think, right, what's he going to do? Because I'm not going to learn anything trying to triangle ped. I'm never going to triangle yeah. him. So I think, well, what's he going to do now? He's now in the position I was in two minutes ago. Yeah. How's he going to keep me on my back? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I suppose that's the difference between white, blue, purple, brown and black. That's, yeah. That is the difference, isn't it? Everyone drops down that little bit. Like white, but I can remember when I took up, like my first session, I was like, Adam O'Eacon. I thought I was fucking 10, man. I turned out with Voisy. Yeah, I did. I turned yeah. out with Voisy. I was like, I reckon I'm going to fucking smoke through this lot. And I'm in the bay. Not been training oh, at all, no? Never. Never done jiu-jitsu? Never did anything. Nice. Turned out with... Moeekin. Moeekin's the first step. That's the white belt for white belt. <laughs> Mate, I turned up. I was like, I'm fucking full Chuck the Dell. Like, I am going to fucking do whatever I want. Like, I was like, yeah, I thought I was 10, man. I turned up. I think Sam, Sam was there. Obviously, Sam was there then. And I just got filled in. I was like, the fuck is this? Like... I'm a lot like strong, like I was fit, like play rugby, do whatever. Yeah. Get filled in by everyone. Yeah. And I mean, everyone. Yeah. And I mean, like, like Wes. Do you know coffee, Wes? Do you know Wes does the coffee? No, Wes. Wes Jennings. Good. Oh, trains at your place? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Nice guy. But like, yeah. when he was a bit heavier, like, he, he didn't look like an athlete. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I was like, I am going to fucking smash this lad through the floor. <laughs> and within two minutes, I got like, fucking tapped. Tap, tap, tap. And these are white belts tapping me out. I was like, this dude should not even be on my fucking level. Yeah, yeah. And he's smashing me. And it's like, it took ages for it to go. And I was like, whereas now, like, it's cool because you see the next lot of, like, white belts come through and they're the same. And they're like, grab all the fucking wrench it. And they're like, and now it's like, ah, I get it now. Yeah, I yeah. was that asshole. And like, gradually, they'll all, they'll all start to, yeah. to filter down. Like, so what belt are you? Blue. So, right. You're probably not a blue. You're probably a high purple. But what you've not done is you've not figured out You've probably got as much knowledge as a purple belt. Yeah. You've not figured out the bits that make you a purple belt. Yeah. So if you've come to jiu-jitsu classes for three, four, five years, you've seen as many techniques as a purple belt scene. Yeah. Right? You've seen them. You've drilled them. Yeah. What you've not done is you've not learned how to fuck all the distractions off and focus yeah. on getting those things. So you're probably, knowledge-wise and experience-wise, a purple belt. But you're a blue belt because you haven't figured out the yeah. little gaps is missing. I've only just got my blue. Yeah. Fucking 10 year old. I'm a purple belt. I'm a purple belt. I don't do gay. <laughs> I said to someone the other day, like, oh, you, you got your blue belt? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, cool, you've been doing this for fucking ages. I was like, well, yeah, I have, yeah. It's like yeah. 10 years at white belt. Like, yeah. oh, you must be shit. Mate. I was like, yeah, I was a 16 yeah. year white belt. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, but I you're a pro God. MMA fighter. Like, pro MMA fighter, yeah. But I had the thing of like, I had ages off. Like I just did, but I watched everything. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just sit there and watch Chico teach. Just everything he did, I was like, that's the bollocks. Yeah. Like I learned, I think I learned more from him than probably anyone at like, anything. Like I've rolled with you. And not 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 even just jujitsu, but like everything. Yeah. The way he coaches, the way he structures se- sessions, the way he deals with different people in the gym, yeah. like different personalities. Like the MMA guys, nine times out of ten, f- fucking hard work. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the jujitsu guys are sort of, especially when we started, like. Nerds. Well, your black belt becomes a god. Don't That's the yeah. thing with jujitsu. You know, like you go to a jujitsu class and you're a blue belt. The, the black belt's your god. Yeah. If you go to a jujitsu class as an MMA fighter, the black belt's someone you want to beat up. Yeah. That's just yeah, how yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. that's how a lot of MMA fighters work. Yeah. And you will see them like at, they'll be white belt in jujitsu, but they're a pro MMA fighter, and you can see in their head, yeah, it'd be different a bit with strikes. Yeah. But there's not. Yeah, but it's the same. It's the same. As, it's the same as when all the all the jujitsu guys get beat no gi and like, oh, put the gi on there. Yeah, it's the same, isn't it? It's like, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm probably a, a grappler because 
I rely heavily on my wrestling. Yeah. My takedowns, my top control, the way I move around the body. I don't consider myself to be a jiu-jitsu player. I, I'm a grappler, you know. That's the way that I, I like funky leg locks. I like dominant dominance where I can land elbows. And I'll get in a position where I can just control you. I consider myself a grappler. So I've subbed a few, quite a few black belts all over the world. And a lot of the time it's not, it's because of that that wrestling influence, that dominance yeah. of certain positions. If you allow me to get to a certain position, you are fucked, you know? Yeah. In the same way that if you allow a black belt, a high-level guy like Pedro to start having his... You're fucked. I can't... Yeah, yeah. If he wants to have his way with me, he can have his way with me because yeah. he's so much more skillful, you yeah. know? It's the same. Like, I rolled with Chico the other week when Chico was back. And it's like, it's not even rolling. I say I rolled with Chico. <laughs> he led on top of me and I, I squirmed the rain for 15 minutes thinking, fucking hell, I'll do this again, mate. <laughs> and, and then we're dished up his, like, the prize of money. <laughs> Paid I was like, Paid for it. Much, like nah, joking. Nah, joking. Thanks for cleaning my mats with me. <laughs> yeah, so, nah, joking. But like, do you know what I mean? Like, the level is fucking unbelievable. Like, some of these black belts, I know like some, obviously we know black belts, but there's a big difference between like, world champion level black belts. Yeah. World's Masters champion black belts and just your normal black belt from like the club who gets it for time served. Do you know what I mean? He's he's spun 15, 15 years on the mat, competed twice yeah, ever, yeah. but he's a good teacher. Like, ah, there's your black belt. It's like, yeah. it's not me rubbish in black belt. Fucking hell, if you're a black belt, you're a black belt. Oh, yeah, no yeah, but there, there's are, levels. But, yeah, black belts are levels because black, people think that there's that saying in there like, hey, black belt, the journey's only just begun. That's yeah. where the journey begins. Yeah. And that's kind of true because you, you're aspiring to be a black belt. And then once you get it, well, that's not it. You know everything. That's when you learn now. You've got all the tools. Now you have to learn how to use them, you know? Like, that's the way that I think of black belt. And belts, they don't mean anything to me in as much as that, you know, because I don't want to rubbish black belts in the slightest. I have a lot of respect for BJJ. Um, But they don't mean anything to me for the simple fact I've subbed black belts. You know what I mean? So you've got a black belt. I don't have a black belt, but I've subbed lots of black belts. So... Your black belt didn't mean anything in this scenario. However, I really want a black belt because I want people to see that I've had commitment to learning exactly, this. Yeah. You so, know, yeah. I am committed to learning this. I do come home and I do watch tutorials and videos and see different ways to set up things from half guard. And when I teach, I'll look at, I'm going to teach half guard stuff tonight. So, okay, let's look at a variant of this that I always teach. Yeah. Like, I am obsessed with this. I do really yeah. enjoy it. And a black belt is sort of a reflection of that, you know, course, yeah. or a representation of that. Yeah. So, I, I don't want to discredit having a black belt. I think it's amazing. But at the same time, once we got our gear off and we roll. Yeah. Don't don't tell me that I'm not at a certain level because I don't have a black belt. Yeah, you know? I understand. I just consider myself like, um, oh, big massive heavyweight Cormier slammed him on is it Barnett? Yeah, Josh Barnett's not yeah, a black belt. Yeah, <laughs> let any black belt rule Josh <laughs> yeah. Barnett. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. like once he gets that catch wrestling stuff on you. Yeah. So the black belt, I think the black belt should be an aspiration for your journey. But I think it'd be like this: if you were going, say you were going away to walk. Snowdonia yeah. for the weekend, right? Yeah. You're going to, I'm going to go away and I'm going to walk Snowdonia. And you live in Penzance in Cornwall. The car journey and stopping at the base of Snowdonia, that's your black belt. Right. When you pull up in the car park at the base of Snowdonia, that's your car park. That's your black belt. Yeah. You've got your black belt because you made the journey. Yeah. Getting to the top of Snowdonia now, 
that's where you're utilizing your black belt. Yeah, yeah. That's your the journey. The, 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 the adventure's just beginning, you know? Yeah, yeah. The adventure's just beginning. Yeah. Like every service station you stop at was another belt, and when you've made it to the car park, you get your black belt. Now I go on my journey yeah. out to Snowdonia. That's, that's really the good way to think of it. That's like, really good a way. good analogy. Yeah, yeah, that's the way that that's the way that I think of a black belt. And because I don't want people to think, oh, he's discrediting BJJ. No, I fucking yeah. got loads of respect for BJJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would love to have a black belt. The only reason I don't do gi, or I don't do more gi, is time. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to fight again. I own my own business. I'm trying to do these podcasts. Yeah. I'm trying to write stand-up comedy and do some stand-up. Like, I've got so much that, like, paragliding. Yeah. How do I squeeze two hours a gi in a week? Like, how, if you look about your mate time, it's like, yeah, listen. It's the same, it's the same thing as, as anything else. You've got time if it's priority. If yeah. it's not number one priority, you ain't got time, have you? And that's that's it. exactly it. And if I do two hours of gi, when I could have done two hours of no gi, yeah. for me, I'm not like, well, still fighting. Yeah. Like, I'd rather do the no gi, yeah, you know? Yeah. And that's it. Not because I prefer no gi, it's just more applicable at the moment. Yeah. You know? It's just like, I look at a black belt like, God. I'm like, fuck yeah. it now, man. Like, to be honest, like, I put the gi back on a lot more now. One, obviously, because I've got the gym. Two, because I, I, re- I just enjoy it. It's the one place, it's the one time of the whole week where I don't think about nothing. Yeah, you just I don't train. think about anything. I just, yeah. just, I just roll. I just try. But the other thing is like, like when I have a family, when I have when my my kids are old enough to go on a mat, I want to be a decent enough belt that can go. Listen, this is what we're doing. This is that. This is how we're going to start yeah, to change. Yeah. You know, that'd be a big thing for me. Well, you you got to think. So if you had a kid now, that's probably not going to be until it's ten. It would really respect exactly. it. So you could, you could be a black belt by that. Exactly. So exactly they're going to look at your dad like. Whoa, so I mean, that's belt. the thing. That's yeah. the face you want. I mean. I can't remember what I was watching. It's one of the BJJ like documentary things, and one of the guys on there said, "Look, you're gonna be somewhere in ten years. You might yeah. fucking be a black belt." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "Makes makes perfect sense." You know? Yeah, you're either you're either gonna be talking about when you were a white belt, or you're gonna be a black belt. Like, like should, a black belt. Like in reality, at the time, like I should have a black belt now. For as long yeah. for as many years as I've done it, if I'd have gone like, oh, it's different because I, I took time off and whatever else. But the actual time from the first time I put a gear on till now. It's a fucking long time. Yeah, I mean? but also, you're not being paid to, to be a black belt. You're not being no. paid to do jujitsu. No. So you've prioritized other things in your life. Yeah. And if you could have, excuse me, if you could go back 10 years now and someone said to you, okay, in 10 years' time, you can have your black belt or you can have your own gym, what would you choose? Gym. Boom, you've done it. Yeah. You've achieved, you've achieved and, ex- and excelled what you wanted 10 years ago. Yeah. So although you don't have your black belt, you've far surpassed that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's the way that I look at a lot of things with me, is it, okay, I'm not in the UFC, but I've fought all over the world, I've cornered all over the world, I've paraglided all over the world, I've been in the British Championships, been in the X-Pair, I've base jumped here. So the UFC is, would be an amazing dream, and I'd love to do it, but at the same time, what I've done yeah, far yeah. exceeds that exactly, goal. Exactly, yeah. So that's the, the same thing for you, Nick, you know? Yeah, I mean, so, it's a weird thing, because like, obviously, when I started with Chile, they were like, right, you, it was a good thing it was a good thing I think everyone should do this they had a, he asked me like, the first couple of days we were there and he's like listen you're going to give me your perfect day in, a, in the next week and you're going to give me your perfect day in one year and the perfect day in five years I wrote it down in a book and I was with another lad like with Zach and that and Zach sort of wrote like I'm not discrediting or nothing but he's like a couple of, couple of lines he's yeah, like yeah. oh yeah I'm going to get up I'm going to do this I'm going to train I'm going to do that I fucking turned up I had like three or four pages a big diagram in a gym and he sort of looked at me like I was a fruitcake and I was like but I will get there yeah, like yeah. I am I'm the worst I say I'll do everything I'm like yeah fuck me I'll do Iron Man yeah, fuck yeah, me I'll do yeah, this. Yeah. I'm the worst yeah. but, I, but when I say it I mean it yeah. but it just takes me longer I'm mm-hmm. like fuck it if it takes me an extra year it takes me an extra year but 
like I am I am pleased I'm pleased I've done it but now we're on the floor yeah yeah but the, the goal is always three three yeah. floors so the minute I got one yeah when they get the second floor then we'll fucking put a restaurant on yeah, the top yeah. then we're fucking yeah <laughs> yeah fans. and you gotta have them like, that's the thing with them goals like like you said about I'm very so if I say I'm gonna do something I, I generally nine times out of ten do, for me when I first started with MMA I was like I saw UFC I was like I'm gonna do that yeah just before James even asked me to train with him yeah and I was like I'm gonna do that and I remember and I remember now this guy was sat in my sister's flat and uh, he went he sort of looked at me I was like I'm gonna fucking do I'm gonna do UFC because it wasn't MMA then it was UFC yeah. it was yeah, no yeah. MMA and then so somebody said to me uh, like we were chatting about six months later and somebody said that he had said like oh he thinks he's fucking tough he thinks he's gonna do like, UFC he's a fucking dreamer yeah. I was like oh watch this mate exactly watch this it likes the fire under your ass yeah, yeah. I was Man. like watch this and then so I went and did what I did and then it was the same with like base jumping and wingsuiting like, oh you can't just do that I'm like what do you mean yeah. I'm like, you can't do that. I can do it. Yeah, yeah. And like, be like, no, you can't just do it. I'm like, fucking watch this. You yeah. know, like, I'm doing it. So it's different though. Different people use fuel in different ways, don't they? Some people take, which is, which is, you know, you coach. We we both coach. Yeah. That's the best bit about coaching. I think that's the best bit. It's not like what we're trying to coach is how. Yeah, yeah. Them little bits. Like I had it. You know the Duncan French. You know the guy that's the he's the head of the Performance Institute now. Yes. So he was like part of like a mentorship program, and he got assigned, or I got assigned him. So we used to do like Skypes and stuff like that, talking over the phone. And one day he got me on the phone, and he's fucking. I was telling him what I was going to do. I'm like, well, Duncan, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And he's looked. He was like, you got so many fucking gaps in your knowledge. You will never do fucking anything unless you pull your finger out your ass. Yeah, so yeah. just too much of a nice bloke. He said, how much are you fucking charging? And I was like saying, I was like, well, five quid an hour. And he's like. You're a prick. And he went straight out there. So you think, yeah. this is one of the best coaches ever. And he's like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, everyone's taking the piss out of you. And it's you that's going to be the loser. I was like, fuck, it got off. I ran my dad. I was like, fuck me. He's just giving me a right bollock in. Yeah. He's like, well, I thought he was helping you with your work. And I was like, whoa. So did I. <laughs> I was only asking him some questions. No one's more shocked than me. <laughs> I was trying to ask him something about adaptation. And he fucking <laughs> grilled me. But I was like, I wrote it down. I put it up on the wall. And I was like, fucking, that's... He's right. He's the he's the absolute pinnacle. Like, he's the top of the top now for you know sports performance in, in MMA. He's the he's yeah. the absolute top, and that's what I needed. I was like, but he's seen that, so he yeah. listened to me for a couple of times and gone. Yeah, either he's seen that or he's just like, this kid's a fucking idiot. Like, just, <laughs> he's fed up with Skype calls. Fucking me off. Like, but I I needed it. I'm one of them. Like, I need the I need the challenge. I'd be like. If you challenge me to something, I'll be you, like, but you also have that respect for the per, you have a respect for people who have achieved stuff yeah. or done stuff that you That's you a, can look at them. Not I'm not using exactly. admiration, but you have a respect. You can look at them. You think this guy's fucking done it. He's not exactly. talking shit. Exactly. Now I think a lot of people don't have that respect and they just want to challenge the authority. Now for me, so that was my thing with the school. So that's exactly how I looked at school. Exactly that was my said. issue as well. Yeah. yeah. So the challenge of thought. So yeah. people are telling me to do something. Like, what the fuck have you done? Yeah. You went to school, country. left school, and went back to school again. Yeah. Like, what the fuck have you done? Yeah, You've been yeah, in school yeah. all your life. That's how I looked at teachers. That was my yeah. view of teachers. And uh, it, now it's the same with everything I do. So when I go paragliding, like I've only been paragliding f- five years this year, and I've got about twelve hundred and fifty hours. Generally, people do between fifty and seventy hours a year. I do about two hundred seventy-five to three hundred hours a year because I just fucking get obsessed with stuff. Yeah. So, but when I would go paraglide, I can see I'd turn up on the hill 
and there'd be like some of the top pilots, and I'd be like, I'm like, where are you going? They're like, I got 170k goals. Okay, can I have the goal, please? And you can tell them looking like, oh, who's this fucking idiot? I think he's going to fly as far as us. Yeah. There's no way on this earth I'm going to put a 50 kilometer goal if you're putting 170. Yeah. Because I'm never going to fly 170 if I keep limiting myself to 50 kilometers. And that's not me. That's not me saying I'm as good as you or I know what you know. That's me having so much respect for what you do. I'm looking at you and I'm thinking like. Yeah, I fucking respect that. You yeah. you think you can do 170k today. Somebody says 170k to be done. Yeah. I need to learn why I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'll sit and I'll talk to people and I'll ask questions and I'll come back and be like, I bombed here. What when, what did I do wrong that you did? I analyse their track yeah. logs and like stuff. So you're like me. You're a nose. Yeah, I'm we are, fucking nulls. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm obsessive about yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I'm on something, I'm obsessive, and then I'm, I'm a nulls. Like if yeah. you're if you're the top paraglider pilot there, and I'm sat with you, I'm, you're gonna be fed up with me. Yeah, I'm gonna make you fucking sick I of paragliding. I think that's the best way. Like, like I hate it. I have people fucking message sometimes like, oh, can can we come and like intern and do the same sort of stuff you do? And like, yeah, come come sweep up. Ah oh, no, I ain't coming to sweep up. Well, fuck you then. If you're not yeah, willing yeah. to, if you're not willing to just watch what we're doing and just exactly. listen and be in the place, just let just talk to me. Just exactly. come, like, if you're not going to come and sweep up, but we're going to have conversations and you're going to pick up little yeah. bit, like fuck that, off. Like that's I just look at it like that's the way I started. Like yeah. when I started with Chile, I was with Sellers and uh, he said that there's a lad just come down from Leicester Tigers. Like mate, it's good SSC coach. Get in there if you want to get in there with an SSC coach. Get in there. I was like, all right, fuck, it, I'm in. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I got there first. So like, do you know um, Ollie Richardson? He's a guy's yes. guy's old boss. I he was a tiger. So I was watching um, a UFC. It's the Dan Hardy like behind the scenes thing, but it's one of his own like handheld cameras. Yeah. And I seen uh, Ollie Richardson. I was like, fuck, this dude's got it all about him. He's at the best rugby club. He's with the best fighters. And you don't have to fucking get punched in the face if you don't want to. I was like, <laughs> fuck it, that's me. That is a bit of me. Sounds like the dream. <laughs> I was like, I can be around all the best people, all the, all the best athletes, with, which normally are the best lads, do you know what I mean? Like, let's just be real. So I was like, that's me. So anyway, so I was training with Sellers and he's like, mate, this lad's down. I said, like, all right, I'll come down. So I rang, I rang Chile and said, look, can I come down and do a bit of training and that? He's like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, pay your money, train the same as everyone else. I was like, yeah, same. And I said, look, can you teach me? He said, nah, nah, I don't really teach. I said, that's fine. Like, can I just come down and watch you train James? So well, yeah, if you can, if you want, like, yeah. do whatever. I said, yeah, all right. So I come down and, like, watch James train for a bit and fucking hit stuff and pull sleds and stuff like that. I was like, fucking hell, this is it. This is the dream. This is the yeah, job yeah. you want. And then I said, like, Was this outdoor stuff? No, it was all indoors. Okay. In, um, you know where Chica's old gym was? It was yes. right on the ground floor. Yeah, yeah. Core, core performance. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, I was like, yeah. In the old nightclub bit. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm in. That's that's me. So I said to Chili, like, can I come? And he was sort of, no, 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 we don't teach. And then eventually he said, yeah, all right, I'll do it. I said, sound. So I turned up and he wasn't there. I was like, fuck, he's not here. Come back. I rang him the next day. He's like, oh, mate, real sorry. Like, you know, whatever. So I turned up the next day and he was late. I was like, fuck, he, just can't, he, does not, he doesn't want me here. He doesn't yeah. fucking want me here. And I turned up again. I was like, he's like, you ain't fucking going, are you? I said, no. I said, like, if you teach me, I'll help, I'll help, man. I'll paint, or fucking do whatever. <laughs> I'll do anything. And he was like, that's how it started. And then when he got his gym, I was like, right, I'm going to come and paint the gym. He's like, yeah, all right, yeah, come paint the gym. So I was fucking in the painting the gym and all that just to get the job. Like, yeah, yeah. I was paying to work. Like, yeah. I was paying him to work, do you know? Um, but I think if someone ain't willing to do that back, no. I ain't interested, so, do you know? I, 
my mentality is similar to yours. When you say that there, when you, you, you were willing to go and you were willing to paint the gym. So Chili's thinking, yeah, I'm fucking getting the best out of this guy. Yeah. But you, you're not. Like, yeah, you're... Yeah. But all out, I out of it, I'm learning from you. Yeah, like yeah. you're not getting that fuck all from me. I'm painting a gym, but I'm taking so much yeah, from 100%. you. Like, and that's the way that I always view things. Yeah. Is for me, I I would I used to go and work at people who had uh, falconry places and stuff. I'd go and clean the centre and I'd yeah. clean out all the bird shit and I'd do it for like eight hours a day, clean out bird shit. But I get to fly one of their peregrines. Yeah, yeah. And I never had a peregrine yeah. and I didn't want to buy my own peregrine because I didn't want a peregrine. I was flying a goshawk. Yeah. But I got to fly one of their peregrines yeah. for 20 minutes at the end of the day and I was like, fucking brilliant because I've got my own goss that I can concentrate on. I don't have to buy a peregrine. I'm flying yeah. your peregrine every day, learning how to train a game walk and I'm having to clean out shit for yeah. it. But, hey, so same thing. I was like, I looked at Chile like fucking hell this dude's so smart yeah like so smart like, I'm not very clever like I don't, I don't I'm not interested in tests or books or fuck all like nothing yeah. but I just looked at him and thought Jesus Christ you're a smart yeah. like if you asked him something he had the answer I was like fuck like, I gotta be like that one day I'll get <laughs> like that so you just hang around with him but and he's di- completely different person to me like completely different but in that in that dynamic I was like fucking hell like I'm gonna be a bit more like you. Do you know? Yeah. It's really good. I and you think good, you man. think you do you think you took from it what you wanted to take from it? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We are where we are now, aren't we? So yeah, you yeah. know, it's done a done a good job. Like, um, yeah, it, was, it, mate, it was good. It was good. I learned a lot. Met lots of people. That was the other thing. I met lots of people. So then, yeah. when I gradually like, so after Chili's, we went to went to Chico's, and to be honest, I learned the the most at Chico's and it wasn't it wasn't the fact that I wasn't being tall it was the fact that I had like free ring like I yeah, could yeah. try shit and if it didn't work it didn't work yeah. like, and you were only fucking up athletes you would always be alright exactly. <laughs> I'm not stupid I'm never fucked myself this up. guy's pulling his hamstring yeah. I'm gonna be fine and I do this don't say nothing <laughs> mate two, the worst thing ever was fucking Chico which was like two weeks before the world so we're like right lads we're gonna get out and do a little bit of sprinting and stuff he's like yeah 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 it's like you ran and he's like bang I was like what the fuck is that Hamstrings on the floor. He's fucking my hamstring. I was like, I have no. fucking killed him two weeks before. Black belt. I was like, I fucked him. Like I've literally Fuck. fucked him. Or Europeans, I think it was Europeans. But he's still, yeah. Fuck. Man. Do you still compete? Yeah, he competed. I think he won it. Fuck man. Took, took four, took four credit for his S and C. Like oh, it's real yeah, thick. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you had a lot of hamstring <laughs> tension. I cured that. <laughs> no <laughs> tension in that hamstring anymore. Yeah, it was fucking. But like shit, like that's the eye opener. Like, I was like, fuck, like, it's two weeks out. Probably shouldn't have been doing that. Yeah. Bear in mind, we've been doing it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and that was, he was just starting to peak. I was like, fuck, we're there. Like, yeah, this is yeah. it. And then it goes, and you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. And it, was, it, was it that I pushed a bit too far, or was it that I didn't give him enough rest, or was it that he was trying to race somebody else, or was it just pure... But was he not telling you about something wrong with his leg? Was anything. he not... Anything, yeah, but... many factors, aren't there, you know? Yeah. Like, you can just... You beat yourself up about that for ages. Yeah. So that was... What was your impetus to want to pursue sport as a career? You always wanted to, or... Yeah, because I'm not good at anything else. Yeah. I'm not good at anything else. Like, I thought I was going to be a footballer. I was like, I'll definitely be a footballer. Yeah. Until I got to, like, 15, 16... And we were part of like a boys club thing and we had to go like at England trials for like a boys club thing. Yeah. Um, and I went there and I come back and I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm that good. Yeah. Like I, I genuinely come back and I was like, I am not at that level. And I knew that at like 15, 16. Yeah. Like I was like, you'll probably still earn some good money, but that's, but the, the way that then like those lads there like play for Liverpool and uh, Man United and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. You talk to them and you're like, these are different people yeah. t- to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Um, so then it sort of got to there and I was like, right, well, if you're not going to be at the absolute top, what do you do? So if you can't do it, you coach. If you can't coach, teach. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to fucking teach you. Like, I'm going to coach. I'm going to be the highest level coach I can yeah. be. Um, so that was it. So we went to the, down towards the coaching route. But um, yeah, I'm glad now. Really glad now. As opposed to pursuing a, a life as an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Really glad. Man, too many French fancies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I'm really, I'm, I'm really glad. It's like this now. Like we were sort of talking the other day. Like, fuck, you're gonna fight September, like me. I was like, yeah. fuck it, I might do that. But then the other thing of me goes, what happens if I do? What do I gain out of it if I do? And what does everyone else lose out of it if I if I don't? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Like all the little things that I think I do really well, I can't do well if if I'm trying to be too selfish for me. Yeah, Like, yeah. the gym comes first and everyone else comes first. Yeah. So like, like, all the stuff we did for this last fight, it's like, I can't then do that for you if I want to fight. Yeah. And so this is the thing that I always say to people. If you can live your life not fighting, don't fight. Yeah. So for me, I'm thinking, right, are you going to dedicate yourself as much as NAD does or I did for my last fight. Yeah. You saw how much I dedicated myself for the last fight. You saw how much I trained. Are you going to dedicate yourself as much as I did for my last yeah, fight? Exactly that. If you're not going to do that, yeah. don't try and fight. Oh yeah, but I'm only going to fight amateur. So what? You yeah, should train yeah, a professional. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't You don't train like, oh, I'm only going to fight amateur because the guy you're fighting might be training like a fucking professional. Yeah. This is fighting. People can die from this shit. Like, if you're going to do it, Commit to doing it the best that you can be. Yeah. So that when you have your one fight ever, you fight like a world champion and people say, you should have done this as a career. Yeah. You don't go out there and fight like every chump who's just having one fight. Yeah, of course yeah. not. Like what? Yeah. If you're not willing to do that, don't fucking fight. Yeah. There's nothing in it for you. No, exactly that. There's and nothing I, in it for you. I think people have different, like people have values somewhere else. Like, I think my value is in the gym. I'm I'm a gym yeah. I'm a gym bunny like that's me I'm yeah, in the great gym. coach like coach I always wanting there. to learn sparring partner stand there get hit like great last minute sparring partner <laughs> what we doing we're sparring okay hey, it's it a bit like this podcast you're like oh life I was like yeah, yeah same like, oh, all right mate Turn up are you kit. in um, is there a way out of it no. yeah it was, it was like that with the spy like right get in it's, it's semi life I was like yeah. oh yeah yeah what does, what's semi life like like Pretty fucking life. I was like, alright, yeah, same. I'm like, in semi life. What does semi life mean? When you're knocked out, you're, <laughs> yeah. we stop it. Listen, if you don't get your hands up, it's going to yeah. get really light. It's really, get really light. <laughs> but, uh, but mate, I, I enjoy it, man. I, like, I enjoy being around, I enjoy being around you lot. That's the big thing, I think. As people or as, as athletes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I enjoy being around you lot. Oh, facts, facts. No, no, no. I mean, like, having, having people training in the gym. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, train the gym. I didn't like you as people. You're shit <laughs> cunts. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nah, it's nice, man. I think we I think we do all right in our little place. It's a tiny little fucking gym. It's but... awesome. Like it's not like I don't It's all A3 is brilliant. It's brilliant for what it is. It's a small place where you go and you can really focus on individual stuff. Yeah. Which you can't get I mean, I can get that fucking sweat box because I'm me, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then Paul can have that sweat box because he's box because he's Paul yeah. if you're getting ready for a fight and you're not someone like us you have to do what me or Paul or someone tells you yeah. to do you know yeah, yeah. as where if Grant's at the at A3 because yeah. there's only six of us I'm like well it's all about Grant anyone who spars with Grant today has to spar like this you have to do it like yeah. this and Grant you're sparring like this and it can be tailored and it can be just about that individual yeah. and everyone who spars like that day when it was me Grant and 
No, it wasn't me, Rocco. No, yeah, me, you. Grant, Rocco, Rocco, and Tommy. And uh, I was like, right, it's all about us four. This is how we're going to do. Yeah. Grant's first minute. And I divide it all up. That's how we're going to spar. Yeah. And I made it about the guys who were fighting and everyone who was sparring them. Their game plan was to be the, how the other person's opponent was. That's what A3 can offer in an environment that's beautifully set out. Mm. All the stuff that you need. Half a cage, a padded wall, yeah. mat space is always clean and tidy. Everything there that you need to. Mm. Brilliant. Like you can, what, what else can you ask for? Do you want a, a, a 3,000 square foot gym? To do that in. Yeah. No, it's not going to make my training any better to have yeah. that. Yeah, so, so it was like, um, that was after the thing when we started, when I thought, right, how are we going to do it? It was like, what do I really want? Do I, do I want a massive, just mat and, and nothing really happening? Or do yeah. I want to be like, keep it nice and close? Like, I, the big thing for me is the atmosphere. Like, yeah. I want to keep it, like, Chico had it, like, Chico's gym was real cool, but it was so big, so sometimes, like, you lost the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and it, you know, and I, I didn't want to lose anything. Like, yeah, I think uh, you know, people come for the content and they stay for the they stay for the community. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So that was a big thing for me. I was like, the community is more important than than fucking anything to start off. With. Definitely. And then what we're trying to do is just do the 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 basics real well. Just make it easy. Make everything fucking dead easy. And if yeah. and if you're like we say about Grant, like if you're if you if your fighting styles like that. That's how you fight, man. We don't, we don't, we're not trying to change you. Like, yeah, yeah. use all them things. Like, because that's what, that's a big thing. You know Kieran Reed? Do you know who Kieran Reed is? The, uh, the All Black? I, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. Him, like, yeah. They have a big thing, like, with the All Blacks. So, like, you, what gets you to the dance, that's what you should practice. That's the main thing. Because yeah, that's yeah. what gets you there. So, yeah. if you're a good striker, practice that all the time. Because that's, that's what gets you there. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't neglect everything else. But our main focus is do what you're really good at. Yeah, I think it's the same with with us in there with regards to everything. Our S and C, like we look after all the rugby boys and stuff like that. It's just, it's the same thing. Yeah, like just do the basics as well as we can do it, and try not to change too much. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, so for you, from your point of view in your work, would you be looking to? Are you looking to pursue one avenue, or you just want to work with as many variety athletes that you can work with? Yeah, or? I think I, I think variety is the. It's the spice of life, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Where did you come up with that? <laughs> no, I, I just think that, from for personally, personally for me, the more athletes I can work with in all the different sports, it's only going to make me better. So it makes yeah. me better, and everyone else gets the the best bit of the product. Does that make sense? Yeah. And also, so it's you can work with lots of different athletes because I guess the principles are the same. Um, as long as you can go away and analyze their sport and know what's going to work yeah. for them, you know, you're obviously not going to train a, a power lifter in the same way that you're going to train an MMA fighter no, in a exactly same condition. Yeah, yeah. As long as you can see that, that's fine. And it's up to a coach, uh, an MMA coach or a jiu-jitsu coach or a boxing coach to change the individual exactly. elements about making a fighter. Man. You're never like, what, what I like is that you understand I'm not an MMA coach. 100%. I'm not teaching you how to fight. <laughs> yeah. I'm teaching you how to perform better when yeah. you're doing all those other things yeah. that make you a fighter. You know? I, 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 like, I watch everything. I'm a watcher. Yeah. Like I fucking watch everything. Like we did it for this, for this last fight. Yeah. I'm like, man, he does this. He doesn't take down like this. He yeah. takes, he pushes off a cage. Like I'm not MMA coach, but I'm aware of what that looks like. Yeah, I'm yeah. like I can, I can see the similarity between this, this and this, you yeah. know, I can put it together and then try and come up with like, but Technical skill. I'm not a technical coach, man. I can teach S and C. Man, you lift shit and you run fast. That's it. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Apart from that, it's fucking everything else is down to the yeah. down to the skills. Which coach, is what I like know? because so many like you'll get a lot of guys in strength and condition 
in the strength and conditioning element who will then start thinking that they're boxing coaches or whatever. Oh, I don't think you should work your boxing because it's like, whoa, 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 whoa hang on a minute. STC. Strength and conditioning coach, right? Yeah. So if I, if I come in here now as a striking coach and tell you I don't think you should be lifting weights, yeah. you're going to be like, Man, look, well, this, is, this is the sometimes where people bump heads. Like, I always look at it like you've got the kit man, then you've got the STC coach. Yeah. Then it goes up from there. Like, mm. we're at the bottom. We're the yeah. supplements. So you've got your diet of whatever else you eat. We're mm. the supplements at the bottom. So we only give you the bits you don't get somewhere else. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? That, that's a great way of looking at it, really. Yeah. yeah. But also because, so so people would hear, what I heard when you say that and what people would hear is different. You say, we're the S&C, we're at the bottom. So people are going to think that the, the further down the bottom you are, the less important you are. As where I hear, we're at the bottom. We're the foundation. Yeah. That's what I hear. Yeah, yeah. So the other people are, and some SNC coaches, oh, I'm a bit offended by that. Why are we at the bottom just above the kit man? I'm like, yeah, yeah we're, but we're that, at the that make, listen, I can't fight with gloves on. Yeah. So the kit man's really important. Yeah. Without gloves on, sorry. I can't fight without gloves on. Yeah. Kit man's really fucking important. Yeah, yeah. I can't get in there without my hands wrapped and yeah. gloves on. They won't allow me to fight. So the kit man, okay, has very little influence over my whole game, but it's very important. Yeah. The strength and conditioning coach, I can I can box, I can grapple, I can wrestle, all of those things without a strength and conditioning coach. I can do all of them better with a strength and conditioning That's coach. It. So although you're you're you've put yourself at the bottom, that makes you a foundation, not mm-hmm. not one of the lesser, yeah. the more inferior. You know, yeah. And then, like I always think, like if we're gonna look at it like that, like the foundation with the pyramid, sports at the very top. Mm-hmm. So if you can do the top end first, you do that first every time. Yeah. Like people say, ah oh, man, I need to do more than see. Man, if you've got the option to go and train with a striking coach or your MMA coach or your, uh, what if you're a scrummager, your yeah. scrummaging coach, go and do that first. Yeah, yeah. That's what pays the bills. Come and come down to us after. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're always last. Like, this is where sometimes we bump heads with people and they're like, the technical coach is like, right, we're going to do this fitness thing. I'm like, well, I know how to make him fit, man. I don't know how to make him box. Yeah. You teach him to box, I'll, t- I'll get f- No problem. I can get people fit and strong. No, yeah. no fucking problem. Yeah. But I don't know. I didn't know how to box. So why why are you trying to come yeah, yeah. back down when you're at the top? You're at the very top. You yeah, yeah. you got the best job. You you do a tiny amount of work and get the most result. Yeah. We do shit loads of work and get like a little result. Yeah. Like we're in the one percenters. They're in the ninety nine percenters. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um so that's where sometimes I'm like, what the fuck is he all about? Like yeah, yeah. Cunt. Just let me just fucking... We do our shit. You do your shit. Yeah. And we're trying to communicate no. in the middle. Does that make sense? I agree. Sense? So, look, I have uh, I handle a lot of my own strength and conditioning because I have for years. For simple fact, we never really had it here. Yeah. But what mine come from was being abroad and seeing everyone. Yeah. Learning principles. There was yeah, a guy yeah, yeah. called um, JD... Oh, he was a fucking... Uh, Oh, he's a strength and condition coach at ATT. Jade, oh, I, I can't think of his name, man. So he had me and James doing stuff years ago that I'd never heard of. I mean, yeah. we're talking 2009 or something, you know. And I was like, fuck, you know, this is tire flips, yeah, yeah, interval sprints. I'm like, what the fuck is this stuff? He's like, look, I'll get my athletes doing this because I want high output, maximum heart rate, yeah. maximum output. Then I want to bring you down to a certain level and boom, bring you back up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like... Oh, I just go on long runs and stuff. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, recover, yeah, recover. exactly. So you got me doing this, and then I trained with. Um, do you know Scott Francis? Yeah. So when Scott Francis owned his gym down Kingsham, for all the slating that he gets and stuff like that, I mean, a lot of it deserved. I must say, he's his own worst enemy a lot of the time. But I was working with Scott down there, and because uh, that's where I had my first gym, uh, MMA gym in the bottom of there, and he said, "Oh, Wes, have you ever tried fartlek?" I was like, 
what? He's like, mm. fartlek for your cardio. I was like, don't know what fartlek is. He's like, right, okay. I'm going to put together a fartlek principle for you. Yeah, yeah. So you got me doing fartlek on a uh, on a treadmill. So 400 metres, 400 metres, 400 metres. So like did that principle. And then he's like, oh, and there's this thing called Tabata. Yeah. And I looked at Tabata. Yeah, yeah. So I started trying that. I was like, this is fucking brutal. Yeah. Started adding it in. Then I did some research on it and realised how applicable it is, etc. Yeah, but yeah. that was the first I'd heard. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't have stumbled across that. Yeah. I only looked how Michael Bisping was training or how Randy Couture was training, what GSP was up to. Yeah. And if he never divulged that, I'd have never found yeah. it. So when you go to a strength and conditioning coach who gives no fucks about me, he cares about the development of strength and conditioning. Yeah. His his development as a as a coach for strength and conditioning, yeah. whether that's for myself or any other athlete, he's bringing out all these principles that might work really well. Yeah. Turns out now they're the staple for most people who fight MMA. Yeah. You know, hit training, etc. Yeah. Hit, I mean, hit, hits lost its sort of fucking. Everyone does hit training now, none don't they? But none of it's new. No, not exactly. You know I mean? Like that's it. You know, yeah. it's just someone puts it together in a in a way that's just more applicable to what you're doing yeah that's it. I mean, pulls it out of a book and then one person who's that guy was it Mark Marin was the guy who was training BJ Penn he was a football coach but his son committed Mar- suicide Mark um, Marinovic you know I mean? Mark Marinovic yeah, yeah. might have been actually yeah his son committed suicide was a oh, was an NFL was trying for NFL or something and then he started going with BJ and he's the one who had BJ lifting the rocks out the sea and doing yeah, yeah, like, yeah. loads of people say because he's controversial he would a lot he'd push a lot of athletes and they'd break like, yeah. like physically they'd break and stuff you know and BJ swore by him but he was really controversial yeah. and uh, that guy you know like BJ went to him he gets the job done he gets and then he was bringing out stuff that's ancient really old like the picking the rock up from yeah. the sea and stuff like this but the way that he'd explained it and made it work it's like hang on these principles he's applied them really well yeah. you know Mate, this is the thing the, the more I look at S&C and the more the more sort of you read and you do like anything works yeah anything if you can if you got if you can justify it and it works that's it yeah yeah I don't give a fuck what it is you, right today we're gonna we're gonna move fridges we're gonna move fridges when you go and fight you strong you fit did we fucking done our job? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so exactly. I mean, like, you know, yeah. Just because you're not doing it in, in an institute and you're doing it down the local sports field, if, I if ju- I'm going five rounds and I'm not gassing, yeah. if I'm Clay Guida, yeah. it makes no difference where I got my cardio. Yeah. Yeah. And so like people who say to me, like, uh, people, oh, where's can you write me a diet? Yeah, I'll write you a diet. Not a problem. What you've got to do is for a week, you've got to write down every food you eat oh, and you've got to list it for me on the times you've ate. Nobody does it. And like, oh, where's about that diet sheet? I'm like, yeah, the reason you haven't got a diet sheet is you haven't done, yeah. you're not going to stick to my diet if you can't write down what you're 100%. eating. You won't sit. And then what you're going to do is you're going to tell me, oh, that didn't work for me. Yeah. And I know it's going to work for you. Yeah, yeah. It's basic principles that yeah. work for everybody. Exactly. So yeah. it's the same with Tabata training and cardio sprints. And if you do this, these workouts that, that I do, Paul does, athletes, if you're going to do them, you will get fit. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. No. I don't care who you are, no. what body type you are. Yeah. If you do this training, you are going to get fit and you're going to yeah. get fit enough to fight. Your strength and conditioning coach might have other things that he can get you doing as well. Yeah. And he might even say, listen, we're going to drop the sprints because of this. We're switching to this program. Yeah, yeah. That's not my job to argue with him. Mm. I'm telling you, this will get you fucking fit. If you're using a strength and conditioning coach, listen to him as well. Yeah. But if your strength and conditioning coach says, he's wrong, that won't get you fit, your strength and conditioning coach can't oh, yeah. get us on about it. I mean, like, you look at, like, people can list off all these principles. Sound. Yeah. The, the, the art is not in teaching you the principle. The, the, the art is getting you to do it. 
Yeah. Some people, are, they're like, the big thing with you, like, I took from when you fought the other day, I was like, fucking hell, I didn't realise that about him. Like, we talk, we, we just talk about anything. Yeah. And then just before the fight, we're warming up and we're like, we're talking, we're doing whatever. And we're like, remember, the lad does this. You know you can put your right hand on it. And we're like, right. As the, the lad before, I can't remember, Bernie before you? Bernie, yeah. Went out, you changed, you were like, no more technical stuff now. You tell me that he's a cunt and we're going to fucking knock him out. I was like, all right. Yeah. So that's your, that's how we get you to the dance. Yeah. That's your motivation. We got to follow you up that way. But some other people are not like that. The jujitsu guys are not like that. You can't say to a jujitsu guy, you're fucking weak as piss. Yeah, the problem yeah. is you don't fucking lift any weights. You're soft. If you said that to a jujitsu guy, that's it. He's off now. Yeah. But he's not interested in what you've got to say. He's not, even if everything I'm trying to say, tell him is the most important bit of information I can give him. He's fucking gone. He's lost. Yeah. Whereas the rugby guys, you can go, that fat cunt just done it loads quicker than you. Yeah. Is it? All right, I'll do it then. I'll do it yeah, again. Yeah, Fuck yeah. it. They're completely different, yeah, different competitive, animals. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. you've got to be able to, you know, it's, it's man management. I think coaching, SNC is man management. Yeah. Like, that's the, for me, that's the most... Because that, this is the thing it's that... It's buy-in. It's what coaching. You need is them to buy-in. It's coaching. It's... There's no difference between being an MMA coach and being a strength and conditioning coach. The word coach is applicable to how you manage the person, yeah. not what the not the what you're teaching them. Yeah, yeah. You're a coach of a person. Yeah. Otherwise, you're an instructor. Yeah. If you're just teaching, like, if you're what you do you're for training. people, yeah, what you do for people, yeah. you can't write down on a sheet and get anyone to do. Yeah. You have to do it. And that's the thing with being a coach. Like an MMA coach, Greg Jackson's considered an amazing MMA coach. Not his knowledge, who how he imparts knowledge into individual people. Yeah. Because Donald Cerrone is a different fucking beast to John Jones. Yeah. You know, exactly and that. it's understanding that. Now an MMA coach, we I do exactly the same thing as a strength and conditioning coach does. Yeah. I I teach principles to a person. Yeah. One person. 100%. And then the next person I teach exactly the same principles. Yeah, yeah. Just slightly differently. Yeah. And that's the thing. Coach, the coach element is the bit that needs to be listened to, not not the fact the strength and condition comes before or the MMA comes yeah. before it. Coach. Like, I have it with the, there's a lad in the gym now, rugby lad. So it's, I don't mind, Jake, one of the rugby boys, Jake. Yeah. Young lad trains. Like, now I'm trying to get the best out of him. So he's like, oh, he texts me all the time. Like, oh, you haven't sent me your program or email. Like, I know I haven't. Yeah. I'm deliberately doing this because I know your chase. If you chase me, you'll stay here. You'll do a fucking good job. Yep. If I give you all the tools straight away, like, he's one of the guys, good, good, good little athlete, but he asks, he asks a lot of questions, whereas I didn't need him to ask, when he says, like, I'll, I'll give you the answer. Sometimes I, I feel like he can ask the questions to give himself a tiny little bit more rest yeah, or something yeah. else. And he's not, he's not hiding from the work, do you know what I mean? He puts the work and he grabs like, fuck, yeah. but, it, like, my way of keeping him is like, ah, well, we don't give you we don't give you all the information we'll give you a little bit a little bit a little bit drip feed it in yeah um and it's start it's starting to work but that was a risk when i first done it because he was you know obviously they're paying you like yeah, oh, yeah. they're gonna pay for 12 weeks and i start giving him it in like two week blocks do you know and people get like fuck's sake he's lazy he ain't doing nothing i'm like no i'm deliberately doing this yeah and you think i'm that unorganized like man fucking come on like yeah. we don't get where we get because we're not doing it and some people are very different like Wes, if you give him a long plan, you stick to it. So I'll follow that, no problem. Yeah. I'll follow that brick road wherever you wherever it goes, left, right, up, down, wherever. But so him you gotta give stuff like a little bit further in advance because that's how he that's how he like um 
that's how he adapts to whatever we're going to give him the best. Does that make sense? And some yeah. people don't want to know anything. Like, Flucky, the rugby guy, he wants everything's on time. Take your rest. No, no, I want four minutes. I want full rest. All right? On the timer. Everything's on the timer to the dot. Yeah, yeah. But some people don't give a fuck. Like, Chico, man, you got to rest. No, 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 I'll go. Like, no, you rest now. He's like, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll go, I'll go. And that was one of the biggest things, like, especially after the world, he come back and he's like, thanks. Like, fucking, I felt really good because I rested all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. just as important, but we trying to we're trying to get different stuff from you at different times. That makes manage sense. the person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes I mean it makes perfect sense for me, obviously, because I'm an athlete and I've been around this this yeah. stuff. Um, and that was when I first started. That was my big understanding. That listen, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this profession. I'm gonna be an athlete, you know. Yeah. And uh, you, for me, I'm one of those people who's. I, I don't you don't need to tell me anything if I come and you tell me to do something I'm doing it yeah I'm gonna do it and then if it's not working I'll turn and say to you that don't fucking work yeah we did six weeks of this I didn't say anything but I did six weeks for everything you asked I didn't yeah. ask you why you were doing it I just did it it's not working yeah something's not fucking right but I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna question like, why are we doing that yeah yeah but I already do this do. and then I, and some I, people do and yeah, I like it's cool, it. yeah. I, I, yeah. and I think you want to get to the stage where you don't even need to ask I tell you why you're doing it. Yeah, this yeah. is why we're doing it. This, this, and this. How does it sign to you? You're not. You're a fucking sixteen-year pro. If I yeah. tell you to do something, I want your input back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bro, what do you think about this? And you go, well, yeah, it's good. All right, we'll do it. We'll, we'll try it together. We'll, we'll see how this goes. I didn't want to go. Where's we're gonna squat? And you go, oh, man, I don't really like squat. Like, no, 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 you're gonna squat. Like, yeah. You know how to change your yeah, body. Man. Do yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah. We just got help bolt on the bits at the end. Yeah. Whereas the kids are different. They're like, right, kids. I'm going to do this, 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 lots of variety. Chuck them in, let them fucking figure shit out. Because they don't, they don't, I think they need slightly less instruction. But you know, like when you read all the coaching books, you're like they need more instruction. Yeah, I, I agree that, with you. Man. Just let them, there's the problem. Yeah. Go. When I was teaching uh, the kids jujitsu and the kids wrestling before, people would come and I'd hear them shouting at their kids from the side of the mat. I don't have no kids. And I'd go over and I'd be like, well, no adults. We, no, oh, yes, you won't so have no, kids in your kids' yeah, classes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm skinned, like, I have no kids. No, no kids adults. in my kids' classes. Fucking decent. I just photoshop all these little kids in. Like. <laughs> no, I'd go over and I'd be like, listen, stop. Yeah, but they're messing around. But so what? Fuck them. The fact that they're messing around here makes a difference. Exactly. Because they're here. Yeah. The hardest bit is going to be in a minute getting your kids to come here. Yeah. Because they're going to be so used to messing around in the park yeah. that they don't come here because it's strict. Yeah. Let them fuck around. Yeah. In a minute, they're going to be, there's going to be 12 people training and there's going to be one kid fucking around. And eventually, you're going to be, I'm bored of fucking around. What are these yeah, lot yeah. doing over there? And then they can jump in. If they want to ignore what I'm saying then, I'm going to ignore them. Yeah. I'm not going to say, come here, Mike, come here. Mike, come in. Mike, come in. Mike, come in. I'm gonna ignore Mike. Fuck Mike. I'll teach <laughs> yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Mike's just a fly flying around. Do you know what I mean, yeah. I'll never stop a class because there's an annoying fly buzzing around. Yeah. I'm never stopping a class because Mike's running around. Yeah. Let Mike get on with what Mike wants to do. I'm gonna teach the class. Mike is gonna get bored of Mike's company, and he's gonna think, "Oh, what are those doing over there?" Mm. And that's when it's gonna click. That might be a year's time. So yeah. what? Keep bringing them. Let them get used to Tuesdays and Thursdays at six o'clock. This is where they come. And then he knows, I go there, I have fun there, I go there, I have fun there. Yeah. And in a minute, the phone won't be running around, the yeah. fun will be joining in the class. You know? I, I, I'm, I'm of the same opinion. Like, I think the, you know, like, uh, they get this big S&C thing, they're like, oh, the beginning level is fundamentals. And it, and it is. You should fucking enjoy it. Yeah. Man, you fucking pay to be here. Enjoy exactly. it. It's different yeah. when you're a bit older and you're like, fucking, I need to do it because I'm going to fight. Or because but even then, you should be enjoying it. Yeah. Like, it should be, like... But I, you enjoy I, it less. Like, man, I'm going to put on the treadmill and you're going to run. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. know? Whereas, like, I, I think now the big thing for me is, like, 
and this is another thing, another thing we, we stole from Chica really, he's like, he's trying to make better people, and like, that's the big thing, and then like, the All Blacks, they're trying to make leaders, so everyone there is a leader, and I look at that and yeah. I go, yeah, fuck, it makes a lot of sense to me, so then, so we now try and get the, the, the slightly older kids in, slightly earlier, yeah, come in, come in, come and help the young ones, ah, just show them this, ah, just show them yeah, that, yeah, yeah. just show them that, leave them, and just watch, and just watch it just grow, like, yeah. grows man He's yeah like, and these course. kids are no they're not a million type they're not really knowledgeable Listen, they're if, fucking knowledgeable enough yeah to show. exactly to show. if you come to to an mma class that i'm teaching and you've never done mma before i'm gonna probably put you a grant or someone yeah i'm not gonna put you with one of the guys who knows nothing yeah like because then i've got to oversee both of you yeah if i put you with grant who's had a few fights i ain't gonna think about you all night yeah don't That's- have to think about you and then I'll split Grant off and put him with someone and say, Grant can have a good last half hour or something yeah. like that. I'm thinking like, someone else is doing my teaching. Now, oh, you say, oh where's you getting me to do the teaching all the time? Yeah, I am. And in a minute, you're going to thank me. Cause yeah, you're going to learn. Yeah, you're going to yeah. learn because you've had to teach it to yeah, somebody. Exactly. If you want to be a master or something, teach it. Yeah. You learn how to... If you want to know how to do an arm bar, come to my class, I'll teach you how to do an arm bar. If you want to know how to do an arm bar, teach, teach an arm it, yeah. bar. Because you have to break it down. I'm having the same man. So like, yeah. I'm having exactly the same thing with the jits. Like I'm gradually just doing a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And it, and it's that. It's exactly that. Teaching. Like yeah. I'm, I'm getting my jits are getting better because I'm having to break the movement down. The bits that I missed when I just want to roll. I said, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to fight. I'm just going to throw armbars on from it. Yeah. All the little bits I missed are now starting to come. But because here. you want to get better at it. Yeah, well. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, you have yeah. a drive to get better at it. So, uh, what brought you to to MMA? Are you were you an MMA fan, a UFC fan, or were you did the, you get the link through working with people who were into MMA? Yeah, I suppose it's through math, through okay, sellers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously you you hang about with sellers and you're out pissing about and doing whatever else. And he was like, I t- no, I tell you what, I tell you what, one, it was Voisy. It was Sean. <laughs> it was Sean. I can remember some happened. I had a bit of a I had a bit of a fallout with someone. And I was like. I'm going to fucking go and learn to box because if I ever see him, I'm going to fucking whack him. <laughs> I've never, never thought nothing. I was like, I was like, fuck, I need to learn. Like, if I ever see him out, I want to fucking knock the cunt clean out. I was like, all right. So I said to Sean, I was like, mate, you need to teach me how to box. Voisey might. So he's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, come down. Come down to Andy O'Kane's. Like, I remember turning off at Andy O'Kane's. He's like, uh, if you ever box, I was like, yeah, done a bit with, bit with like uh, Sean and that. And he was like, oh, all right then. <laughs> Pushed me straight in and I fucking filled in. I was like, what <laughs> the fuck is this? I think he watched me shadow box for about 10 seconds and went, he's clueless. This fucking guy is clueless. <laughs> 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 and I spent ages walking up and down the fucking ladder and like he had a he had a, like a boxing glove and a stick. And fucking jabbed me <laughs> in the head all the time. But yeah, so, so I went there. That's how it started. And then it was like, they obviously looked at him and went, that's fucking not for you, my old mate. Why don't you come and try jujitsu? Uh, jiu- I was like, yeah, all right. Decent. I was like, let's, let's just let's have a look what jujitsu looks like. I was like, oh, like Chuck Liddell, I'll get a haircut. If I get the haircut, I'm halfway there. <laughs> so fucking, I had this little buzz cut. Fucking, mate, I look the kiddie, mate. <laughs> I look the kiddie. So I had that. <laughs> turn out, and they're like, oh, put this gear on. I was like, you sang. Didn't even pick like BJ Penn or anyone. You picked someone with no jujitsu. Yeah, but that, but Chuck Liddell. But he was the one, the first one I seen. I was like, who's who's my favourite to start off with? So what have you Chuck, just all t first? Do you know that blonde there? Yeah, but just don't hit me yeah, blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just saw Rampage where yeah, you blacked in. up. Yeah, I was <laughs> <laughs> I'm blacking up Mate, on my first session. Listen, whatever they were doing, I was doing it. Bullsky. I was going to look like them, whatever. <laughs> the big chains, the fucking everything. Kimo, you started walking around <laughs> with a massive cross everywhere. So it was obviously quite soon after you found Tank Abbott. And you were like... <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> no need of that. <laughs> but accurate there. Yeah. But yeah, so like, so started with that, and I was like, yeah, put the gear on. I was like, yeah, all right. And then I filled it, and I was like, this is it. Like, this is where you got to be. And then, like, I loved Italo. Italo was a really good coach. Mm-hmm. I thought it was real funny. Like, yeah, really awesome. funny. Awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. And then they sort of moved, and uh, and then Chico come. And then it took a little bit for me to then, because I was spending so much time with Chile. Because, like, for me then, it was like, you need to learn this shit first. Yeah. Then you can carry on and do whatever else. And then Chico would eventually start to come and chain with Chile as well. And then that was it then. And then I was... I just look at Chile, like, I looked at Chico then, like the big brother, like God. And I was like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. whatever this kind does, I'm going to do exactly the same. Whatever he wants me to do, I'll do it. And that yeah. was it. And then gradually then, that's that sort of led into the, the jiu-jitsu guys then were starting to fight MMA and, and vice versa and stuff. Yeah. And I was inter- really interested. And then I was speaking with Chris. Chris was working on a job and I was there. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to fight MMA. I was like, oh, if you want that S&C coach, like... Not qualified to do nothing, but we'll, we'll try it together. It's not going to cost you nothing. We'll just try it. Um, so that's how that started. So I got a couple of years in with Chris, probably four or five years in. And then um, I thought, fucking hell, we're doing all right here. Like, we're, we're, you know, we're, I'm blagging my way through quite a lot of shit here. We're doing all right. <laughs> so then it was like, right, we're going to speak to Mickey then. So Mickey, the, the amateur boxer. So I went to Broad Plain. I was like, look, if you've got any young lads here, I just want one that we can sort of nurture him on and bring him on a little bit. So then we did that with Mick. It's the same thing. We bumbled and we fucked about and we, you know, we fucked loads of stuff up. We and did some stuff well. Yeah, yeah Zach and did some stuff, you know, not so well. And then when it comes to opening the gym, I was like, these are like this is the gym I'm gonna open. My my goal has always been to have an SNC an SNC floor, a dojo or like you know a matted area yeah. and the restaurant above. So I was like, right, first things first, we're gonna split the gym in half, half MMA, half SNC. Yeah. So then when they bring when we, sandwiches, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, I was like, I was gonna have Chris. So I said to Chris, like, look, we're gonna we're gonna try and do this. Are you interested? He's like, yeah, fuck me, I'm on that. So then Chris become the 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 MMA coach, and then then it was like, oh, I'm gonna ask where's to come and teach. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, 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 bring all these people. And then Mick yeah. was like, ah, oh, do you mind if I teach? I was like, yeah. So now all of a sudden, like, we've grew something from fuck all, do you know? And I know everyone goes, oh, it's got the affiliation. It's like. And they can people can be affiliate of us when they pay us the money, man. They, yeah, they don't pay yeah. us the money. We yeah, we're yeah. not affiliate of no one, do you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I I just enjoyed MMA. I enjoyed being around I enjoyed being around the people. It's shit for business. Because yeah. they're, they're all poor, man. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. No I mean, you don't get money. paid to fucking fight, you get no. peanuts. I mean, so there's no there's no money in it. I mean even at the highest, highest fucking level, those very few strength and condition coaches are making big bank off of a of an MMA no. fight, you know? But so what about as an MMA fan? When did you get into watching MMA? Or are you even into watching yeah, MMA? Yeah, mate, yeah, big. Yeah? Yeah, watch everything. Yeah. Watch what, everything. When did that start? Probably about a, uh, probably about the same sort of time. So that was would have been probably 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10, straight 10 to UFC years. or everything? Yeah, like no, straight Prime, to UFC. Bellator. No, 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 straight to UFC. Yeah. So UFC first, I was like, again, I was, Chuck Liddell's hair, and it was like, what's the English version of that? Dan Hardy. I'll right, grow, <laughs> grow a bit longer. Dark red. Fucking, I'm in. Like, 100%. You've made so, it. So I had a long one. So I had a long <laughs> one. Like, Dan Hardy, I was like, fuck, these, these, this is what I want to watch. I want to watch these people. These are the best athletes. And then it just so happened that those best athletes were training with the best S&C coaches because the S&C coaches were gradually starting to work their way in. Yeah, Joe yeah. DeFranco. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything I do, I look at, like, Joe DeFranco, I think, fuck, he's, he's the man. Like, yeah. he's the man. A lot of my session plans, everything. A lot of the stuff he does, I'm like, I can use a lot of this stuff. And then he started to train like some of the guys, like Dan Hardy. 
And then Dan Hardy fought GSP. And I'm like, all right, what's, John, what's uh, GSP doing? I was like, oh, that's it. And then I was in. So I was in from, from an S&C point of view. And then I just ended up loving the, the technical aspect of it after. Does yeah, that yeah. make sense? Yeah. But then I love watching, like, sorry, Rampage, not people out. Yeah. Rashad fucking, like, I love them people. I love characters. Like, yeah. I, I'm a character. But, like, I love watching Tiago Alves. Yeah. I love watching. I, like, I watch him leg kick and I'm like, I'm going to kick legs like that. That's the one yeah. thing I'm going to practice. You're just not leg- far off to me. Uh, <laughs> can, can kick a fucking leg. You can cause a limb. Can't do nothing else. Fucking kick a leg. Um, <laughs> and he's a great guy. Telgo's a great guy. Yeah. A uh, great fucking guy. Lovely guy, mate. Honestly, yeah. Really good guy. Um, and so then you you were just into fucking MMA then. Started watching. Yeah. Got balls deep. Yeah, mate. Fully balls deep. I was always, I was fully on. I was fully in. Because that's the thing. Like, so I'm an MMA fan. Yeah. I watch MMA. I like Pride. I fell in love with Pride before UFC, probably. Yeah. Um, but lots of people didn't get to experience Pride no, I before didn't. their time. I wasn't really. Yeah. yeah. So I loved Pride, and of course UFC was there, so I watched UFC. But I loved Pride. Yeah. And then, um, but me, I watch everything. So I watch Risen. I watch Bellator. I watch Cage Wars. I watch UFC. I watch. Yeah. The amount of people that say to me, "Yeah, I'm a UFC fan." I'm like, "Yeah, but yeah. you watch MMA." Yeah. And like, what? I'm like. You watch MMA though, like what? Like, you're a UFC thing. fan. Do you watch same MMA? Thing. Like a lot of people watch MMA now because Connor and, and Ronda Rice and stuff. And you yeah. think, well, I mean, that was only five, six years, like mm-hmm. five years ago, probably tops. You know, and there's a lot that happened before then. I mean, I get it secondhand through through James. Like when James was coaching, he's like, "Oh, and I fought in Pride." I was like, "What the fuck's Pride, man?" And then, yeah. and then he's like, "Ah, this is Pride." I was like, "Fuck, it's decent." Yeah, Pride it's really was amazing. Good. And then Vandalay, I watched Vandalay. I'm like, "Fucking, yeah. you're the man." Do like, you know? D- d- I cornered in Pride, and like, I mean, obviously, I knew what Pride was, James. But I cornered James in Pride when he fought Yoshida. Yeah. At um at on New Year's Eve, that's they were at a big show. Yeah, it was yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, to have that is my life experience. Yeah. I mean, uh, then the next Pride is the last ever one. So to have as my life experience to have cornered it, Pride. Pride was fucking amazing. But then, like, I'm just an MMA fan. I love this sport. Is incredible. Like I, I absolutely love it. So you see people like UFC fans. I don't discredit them. The sport needs fans. Yeah. You know? But without them, there is no sport. There is no sport. No. But they need to. They need to start expanding. You know. Yeah. Because and find out. Spot. You should have spotted Conor McGregor ten years ago when he was fighting on fucking Cage Wars. That's where you people where would you need watch to be it? watching. Yeah, you couldn't back then. Now it's yeah. live streaming technology and stuff. Yeah. Is more advanced, so there are options. But Same if more like people can get foreign, into MMA, yeah, like even like foreign footballers, you yeah. wouldn't know who foreign footballers were twenty years ago because you yeah. didn't watch foreign football. You didn't watch foreign players yeah, play. Yeah, exactly. you, know? you know, it's gradually getting like everyone bangs on about the technology and stuff and everything on the ESPN, this fucking app and whatever else, but like. It makes it so accessible to everyone. Like everyone can watch it. Like both my yeah. nephews know roughly know what MMA is. They know what it is. They're like yeah. four and five. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be Conor McGregor. Like completely different now. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I was that age, all I wanted to do was be Peter Schmeichel. That yeah, was it. That me was, too. That, that I, was, I want to be Peter Schmeichel. <laughs> that was it. Exactly the same the thing. Same, yeah. Do you know? Yeah, I, I, I completely get it, and I just wish that these UFC fans would expand their knowledge and watch more MMA. Because yeah. then that's when the money's going to start filtering down, you know, and the monopoly will be taken away. That's happening a little with Bellator and 1FC. The, the monopoly's being really taken good. away from UFC a little bit. I really like 1FC. I like 1FC as well, yeah, really good. So it's happening, and it, it, that can only be good. I just don't know where... I don't know, like, it just worries me with the UFC. Is it just going to be the UFC and you have to keep feeding them fires? Or is the sport going to keep growing? And is it going to expand? And then we're going to end up with this massive league of yeah. big 
big organisations, you know? I mean, like, uh, UFC's a league. I look at the UFC like a league. I don't look at it like a promotion. I look at it mm. like a league. So, all the best rugby players want to play in France. French, super, like the top league. Because that's where all the best money is. You pay all yep. the best clubs, you go to the nicest venues. And that's the way I look at the UFC. Like, if I had the option, I'd fucking go and fight in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, of course. It's one yeah. of them. Like, that's the top tier. I still think that's the top tier. Apart from probably the Bellator welterweights. I look at that and think, yeah, fuck, there's a lot of killers. Bellator lightweights are fucking good yeah. as well. Because the lightweight division in the UFC is pretty stacked, but there's some good lightweights now in Bellator. Yeah. Bellator's got a decent heavyweight division. Yeah. It has got a lot of older guys. Old boys, a lot of older guys. We've got a decent heavyweight division. And that's the thing is that people are sort of seeing Bellator as a where you go when you're when your time's up in the UFC yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to thinking, I want to I'll sign for Bellator, you yeah. know, I'll sign for Bellator. And I don't know what the formula is that they're not getting right. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but you know, I prefer, I, I like watching the, UFC more than anything. Branding. The branding, like, like exactly the commentators. I've never, I, I've never done MMA, but I've done UFC. Yeah, yeah. The UFC did exactly the, the perfect thing. They made the UFC the sport. Yeah. And yeah. everything else around it is nearly like the UFC. And that's what they did. Yeah. It's not Man United made football, football, and then there was Man United. The UFC yeah, yeah. is the top, and then everything else is like around it. Do you yeah, know? exactly. Perfect exactly. market. I mean, but it's even yeah. commentators and everything. I don't understand how Bellator can still be getting it so wrong. Yeah. when the UFC had Joe Rogan and that was the voice of the commentary on Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg they got rid yeah. of Goldberg and Rogan started doing less I enjoy watching it now with Dan Hardy and Brian Stan yeah. and DC. Uh, like DC I enjoy watching it still with them like, yeah. so they've made massive changes but it hasn't affected the common the, the fight yeah. show for me like our Bellator not getting it so wrong I don't know whether it is to do with money and production I don't know do you know like the production of the UFC is fucking so superior yeah, to everything yeah, yeah. else, you know? Like, every, yeah. everything. Because there's no, no, no expense no, spared. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. even, like, the other stuff, like, uh, the stuff before the fights, prime times, prime times is amazing. Like, Tank gangs. Amazing. The embedded. Do they amazing. Do, do they do that sort of stuff for, for Bellator? I don't think so, no. I've never seen it. No. I mean, and then, but it, it seems down to, to me money. Like, yeah. And it seems to me like a lot of the stuff for Bellator... The fighters have to do a lot off their own back. I don't know. Just the way it looks in. Like, mm. the fighters do lot, a lot more individually. Does that make sense? So, like... Yeah. Obviously, it makes... The, the sponsorship thing, they do that for that reason, I would imagine. Like, like I follow Paul Daly. Yeah. Paul Daly's fucking amazing. I love yeah, yeah. But a lot of the stuff he puts out is himself putting stuff out. Exactly. I'm putting this video up yeah. and I'm doing this and I'm it's doing a, that. It's almost a crime that Paul is not more financially secure than he is because... He was one of the best waterweights in the world. Wait, he okay, he did he did that to cost check, which is bound to fuck you. You but know, even but at the same time, though, now, like really, no, it wasn't re- in 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 respect in not when you consider what John Jones has done. You know, it's no, it's nothing Could in comparison. Be Connor and Could, yeah, all exactly. Them, all these people. So for me, I think uh, Paul is deserved of being one of the top earners in the sport. Yeah. And it's good that he's at Bellator. People say, yeah. oh, in the UFC, I think with sponsorship and stuff, he's going to make more money being yeah. in Bellator. Yeah. And when he was at Strikeforce fighting Nick Diaz and stuff, you know, he's he's better there financially because these Reebok deals and stuff will fuck him. Yeah. That, that'll screw him, you know, because he's probably never going to be one of the top five in the world in the UFC. No. His wrestling's not good enough. And you've got some of the most brutal, most dominant wrestlers, you know, he's not going to stop Usman, he's not going to stop Woodley yeah. from taking him down. It's Did just you not going to happen. Oh, different thing. Did you see the top 10 rankings, pound for pound? 
No. Oh, they put it up there today. Like the official top for 10. Usman no. was in there, like six. Woodley weren't even on there. Colin wasn't on there. Loads of people. John Jones was one. DC was two. Uh, DJ was Just nine. Just the UFC. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, nine. nine. Yeah. Where was Cejudo? Three. Fucking Three, hell, four. man. What? I think... I can't remember. I'll have a look now. But, um... Yeah, 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 I don't know. I don't know where they get this thing as well, this fucking ranking system. Yeah, I don't... It means I fuck all to me. No, it means nothing to me. No. Like, you're as good as everyone you fight on your day. Yeah. On your Unless you're John Jones, who no one has a formula to beat, and Khabib. Yeah. And is Khabib not number one? Like, I don't understand. He's 26-0 in the UFC. Like, come on. How are you not number yeah. fucking one, pound for pound? There you go. Like... John Jones, Cormier, Cejudo... Khabib, Khabib Whitaker, Usman, Poirier, Max Holloway, DJ, Tony How's Jackson. Holloway behind Dustin Poirier just because he lost to him in his last fight? But in his, you're, this is meant to be pound for pound. Yeah. So Holloway's the most dominant fly um, featherweight fucking since God knows when. Do you know what I mean? So hey, I it's weird they are it's weird. It's a weird fucking, thing. Because I mean, yeah. even this looks like, oh yeah, but this is just Poirier's the above Demetrius but... Johnson. Come on. Like, that's ridiculous, isn't it? That's... They're shit. They're really yeah. shit, them. I don't agree and with that. And that was on Jackson's. That was on Jackson's um, MMA thing. Yeah, they're shit. You, I mean, but then that's, it's going to be subjective, I guess. Yeah. Just like picking your favourite fighter is going to be subjective. I was going to ask you that. Who is yours? Ever. Ever. Um, probably GSP. Yeah, nice. Yeah, probably GSP because he was just a consummate professional. Yeah. That's what I love. Yeah. I love, like... You know, I stopped drinking when I started fighting. That was just like, I love professionalism. Yeah. I love the man who just everything he did, like got fucking took down and uh, Matt Hughes took him down and took him down. So he went and became the best wrestler in the yeah, division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never wrestled at college, but went and became the best wrestler in the fucking division. Yeah, same as walking through people at Koscheck. Yeah, but he like, jabbed his head off. Yeah. Jabbed his head off. So constantly one yeah. get taken down. And then he went and did gymnastics and he went and just yeah. changed the whole game, you know, just consummate professional yeah. um, so probably of all time is probably yeah would probably be GSP I would say yeah you know I've got lots of other like I loved BJ back in the day I loved BJ yeah. his whole attitude of like fight anyone yeah give a fuck away, wait, have you seen that anyone. thing have you seen the, the documentary there what's it called fuck what's it called I can't think what's it called it's on YouTube it's decent mate it's, uh, it's uh, like an older one What's the manner? Is it called manner? Yeah, it's called manner. Called manner documentary about BJ Pet. No, I've not seen it. Yeah, it's cool as fuck. Yeah, yeah, really cool. And he says like lots of uh, Dana White talking on there. And it's like, so I had this call from BJ, and he said, um, like BJ's thinking about going to fight in Pride, and he said, nah, no fucking way. And he was he was on the runway like in Japan, like just got off the plane. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna fight in Pride. Fuck it, still yeah, fought. Still Do you fought, know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. he fought Machida. Machida, yeah. yeah. No, was that in Pride? He fought Machida. Yeah, I think it was. We've... I think it's no. I don't know if it was because he fought Machida at one eighty five. I don't think yeah. it was Machida. Because he was, Pride, all, he was... was it? I thought he fought him in Hawaii. Machida. Pass. I thought it was Pride. I don't think it was Pride. Look it up. Because he yeah. was. Uh, he was definitely. Um, is after he won the belt, so he was already UFC champ. Yeah. After he beat Jens Pulver. Yeah. Yeah, I but I I think he fought Machida. I don't know if it was in Pride that he fought Machida. Need to check now. It's definitely in the ring. Definitely in the it ring. It was in a ring, 100%. Yeah, 100%. But I don't know if it's Pride. Yeah, but I don't think it was Pride. I thought it was in Hawaii, Fort Machida, or in somewhere in America. I could be wrong, though. Um, but yeah, then the Diaz's would be among my favourites. Oh. Just because, having, having met them and trained there as well, like I've met Nick a few times, 
Nick's Nick. I've met Nate. Nate's cool. Nate's a cool guy to chat to. He's yeah. like, yeah, he's a really cool guy, but Nick's Nick. Shit. Nick. Sorry, <laughs> Nick is Nick Diaz. When yeah. you meet him, he is Nick Diaz. Yeah, Nate's yeah. a lot more personable. Yeah. But, um, I yeah, he's, cool. uh, so yeah, the Diaz's would be among my favourites. Mm-hmm. Just because they're just, oh, I'm just coming to fight. Yeah. Fuck it, let's fight. What about Anderson? Yeah, loved him back in the day as a technician. Yeah. But, as soon as he started falling off, I can't. I, I find it hard to watch him fight now. Yeah. I'm just like, stop. Stop, you know. Why do they keep going? Bigger. Uh, Super PG Arena. Pen. Saitama, Heroes. Yeah, Pride Heroes. Yeah, so it's Heroes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, uh, they keep, I think they keep going for the simple fact they don't have what, like, myself has or, like, Cowboy has. Do you know what I mean? Cerrone. Where I do everything I want to in my life. Yeah, and I think these people dedicate so much of their life to that one thing that, listen, there's nothing I've done in my life that replicates walking to that cage. Nothing. Jumping out of planes, jumping off buildings, flying a paraglider, nothing replicates it. It's of his own. It's amazing. It's incredible. You walk and you're going to fight another man. No matter how much you've trained, the confidence you have in your head, yeah. you don't know how the fight's going to go. When that door shuts, there's no feeling like it. So when you've done that on the biggest stage in the world and you've been the most dominant of all time, yeah. how do you walk away if you've got nothing else to walk away to? Like I know, if, if fighting ended for me tomorrow, let's just say they said to me, Wes, we found something on your brain, you're going to be fine, but you can never take a headshot, you can't fight again. Yeah. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be devastated. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to concentrate on my stand-up and I'm going to concentrate on my um, paragliding. I've got this to look forward to. I wouldn't be like, did you see that little thing I shared about Matt Hughes? No. The other day. So... Matt Hughes got hit by the train, you know about yeah, that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's a little bit at the beginning, his wife says, like, listen, he wasn't a nice man. He's not a nice guy. He right. was a bully, and he used to say all the time, like, um, I've got no purpose, I've got no purpose. She's like, we've got two kids, Matt, right? He's like, yeah, but fighting's over, there's no purpose for me anymore, and stuff like this. And then, it was like, she's like, it was like, when fighting was gone, he had nothing to live for. Well, then he had his train accident, nearly wrote him off, badly injured, and then, uh... He was vegetated, came back like came back and had to learn how to walk again, everything. Yeah. And for me, it felt like it was the best thing that could happen to him. Yeah. Because it was like it gave him the fight he'd yeah, always yeah, wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He never had anything to replace his fighting. Yeah. That gave him the fight that he needed. As were for someone like me, I feel like fighting could be holding me back to from doing committing to something yeah. else, you know? Yeah, so yeah. when it ends and I know it's over and I can put my head on a pillow, comfortable that I'm never going to fight again, yeah. I know I can concentrate on other yeah, stuff. Yeah. I've got books I want to write. I've got stand-up comedy that I really want to focus on. But at the moment, if I go to bed and think about never fighting again, I, I won't sleep. Yeah. So there's got to be a point where I'm going to be happy with that. I'll make peace with that. Yeah. Perhaps these people don't have their stand-up comedy and they don't have yeah. this to go to. They don't have... You know, and I think that's why someone like Anderson Silva, it, the hardest thing in the world is to not be great at doing that. Yeah. Do you think they get, like, almost caught up in that? The being great? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, They're chasing their legacy again. Yeah. And it's like, oh, who are you? I'm Anderson Silva, the MMA fighter. Yeah, like, exactly. What happens if you don't have the MMA fighter on the back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when people say to me, oh, so you're a stand-up comedian? No. Oh, you're still an MMA fighter? No. Yeah. I'm Wes. Yeah. And Wes, it's all the these bit. are elements, they're little yeah. bits of me. Like, if I lost my arm and I asked him, would I be the one-armed man? No, it'd be Wes, we've got mm. one arm. Like, it's not, th- they're elements of me. But when you be, like, I'm Anderson Silva, the MMA fighter. You can't just be Anderson Silva. Yeah. And no one's chasing for film roles anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody's, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he is literally 
Anderson Silva now, do you know? And that must be hard to be the greatest. Because I say this all the time. All these, this is what sort of made me think brain damage is my biggest issue with MMA now. Mm-hmm. What makes me want to never fight again? And there are parts of me that never want to fight again. And what is that? It's the brain damage. Yeah. So, but, I mean, do you what think. What comes of that? For, for me, what I think is. So, if you went back 10 years ago and you were talking about fighting. Anderson Silva, GSP, yeah. Dan Hardy, like uh, Randy Couture, like, these guys, Rashad, yeah. like amazing. Like, these guys were amazing. If you go back 20 years ago, Gary Lineker, Maradona, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beckham, like all these names. Go to any 15-year-old kid now and say, who's the best footballer ever? They're going to say Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah. Or, and you're going to say, what about Madonna, yeah, Maradona? And they'll be like, who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Maradona? What? George Best? Like, who? Yeah. Never heard of him. And they won't have heard of him. No. And if you say, oh, what about Anderson Silva? Yeah. I've never heard of him. If you heard of Conor McGregor, yeah, he's an MMA fighter. He's amazing. Your legacy will, at some point, only mean something to you. Where do you reckon, that, where do you reckon like, Ali comes? Where do you reckon people start forgetting who that is? Ten years? Do you reckon? Yeah, now he's dead. Yeah. Now that he's died, just because this is the only thing his legacy has lasted so long for, and Tyson, yeah. the reason their legacy, because it's a one-man sport. Yeah. So it's a one-man sport, boxing, and it's a great sport. So the reason that George Best, etc., lived their legacy, Maradona, because it's a team sport. Yeah. So you've not just got one person talking about them yeah. or, or one group of fans. Yeah. You've got... Every fan of every player who played for that team and then every fan of every yeah, team who played yeah. against them yeah. talking about them. Yeah. What you've got with Tyson and people is people who saw Tyson fight, that's going to be a small comparison to people who watch um, football. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you only got 10 years of Ali being dead and then you'll just be someone who people talk about. It's mad, isn't it? Most of his fights are in black and white. He wants to watch black and white. Fuck off, we watch 4K. <laughs> I watch it on VR now. It's mad, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And that's what made me think about, listen, if I'm 60 and I'm brain damaged, which I'm sure I will be, I've had so much brain impact, I'm sure I'm going to have early onset dementia or something. Yeah. So let's say I'm 60 and I'm brain damaged. Am I going to be sat in my chair thinking, yeah, but for UFC, or am I going to be sat there thinking, no one remembers me? Yeah, that was the best thing you said to Tom. When, just yeah. before we went out the other day, you're like, listen, you're going to fight fucking probably 25, 30 fights in your life. The only person that's going to fucking remember him is you. Yeah. I feel fucking, what a, what a great thing to say to someone. Yeah. It's true, though, eh? It's true. Like, you, you, have to... it, you enjoy it and then you get the and fuck that, out. So, pe- people... So, I'm super logical. I think, I think I'm super logical. I take something like fighting and I just approach it really logically. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to fight. Yeah. I know I'm going to fight. I'm not, no one's saying to you, you have to fight, you have to fight. I said I wanted to fight. I've had a fight arranged. I know I'm going to fight. I'm not going to get scared about going in and fighting or nervous about going in and fighting. And perhaps I do get nervous, but I approach it logically. So I think like, so in a minute, when I start punching the guy and he starts punching me back, I'm going to be so concentrated and so focused on the fight. I'm not going to worry about the nerves. I'm here to fight and I might have 20 more fights. But I'm having this fight tonight. Yeah. Let's worry about tonight. Let's yeah, not worry yeah. about my record and what comes next year or if a UFC contract. Let's have this fight and let's approach this fight. And listen, you're going to have 20 fights in your career. No one gives a fuck about them bar you. Don't think about the guys who bought your tickets. Yeah. They're not here because they want your career to go really well. Yeah. They're here because they want to be seen out with their mates having a piss <laughs> yeah. up in your fight. Yeah. Just think, I'm going to have lots of these fights. I'm going to go and fucking enjoy this one. Yeah. Where did we... 
how do you change that? That's the that's I was thinking this the other week. I was like, how do you change the the ticket thing? It fucking it winds me up. You know when you know like you don't have to do it now. You're lucky enough. You're in a place where you don't have to do it. But yeah. you know the amateurs they got to sell yeah, tickets yeah. and shit. Like, how the fuck do you change that? It, you can't because there's no listen. You, a show has got a limited amount of numbers that it can sell. Let's say 2,500 seats. Now, if you've been to three MMA fights in your life and you're not an MMA fan, you don't care if you never go to another MMA fight in your life. Yeah. Just don't give a fuck. So the only selling point that a show has is your, your mates, mates fighting. Yeah, yeah. That's your only selling point. The only way that you can sell those tickets is get the fighter to do it. Yeah. So the fighter sells tickets or he doesn't get paid. Amateur style, you know? Yeah. So that's... The biggest draw is get your get your you sell tickets to your mates, they get to come watch you fight. Now as soon as now me, I, I sell hardly any tickets anymore. I used to sell a thousand tickets. There was no MMA shows, nobody had seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Thousand tickets for my first fight. Because nobody had seen MMA. It was cage fighting, it wasn't even MMA, it's cage fighting. Yeah. They're coming to watch me fight because there's no shows in Bristol. So I was like, what is a cage fight in Bristol? Yeah. And where's this fighting yeah. on it? So everyone went. Everyone came. Now there's a fight well, at least three MMA shows every weekend. At least yeah. three every single weekend. Everyone knows an MMA fighter. Everyone's mates fighting on the show. So, what's the big selling point now? Yeah. You get to come watch me fight MMA. Yeah, I've seen you fight before now. It's not yeah. be any different, is it? My brother don't come anymore. It's fucking boring. <laughs> but even if you win, it's boring. It's just a fucking yeah, yeah. fight. Like, I'd rather watch it on YouTube. Yeah. So, the only way you keep these promotions going is you get the people to sell the tickets, you know? And that's why people... That's why there's no money. People say, oh, I thought there'd be loads of money now the sport's massive. I'm like, listen, if I say I want two grand to headline your show, right? You say to me, okay, I can only hold 2,500 people. That's what my venue holds. If I pay Wes two grand yeah. to fight, Wes is Wes going to sell all those tickets, 2,500? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't need him to because there's other people who want tickets as well. So therefore, if I've got a guy who's willing to fight main event for 300 quid against another guy who's going to fight for 300 quid, and I can only sell 2,500 tickets yeah, anyway... Yeah. What does it matter how many people Wes can bring in? Yeah. Fuck having him on the show. Yeah. I just want to make my money. Yeah. Uh, it's a funny game, isn't it? It is a funny game, eh? It's nuts, right? It's just fucking crazy. I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to be a promoter. No. Fuck that. No, you're I don't you, you're, you're basically, the, you're, you are literally the asshole, aren't you? If you're a promoter, you're an asshole. Yeah. It's hard work, isn't it? It's hard everyone, work. Everyone calls you an asshole. No one gives you any thanks. Yeah. No one gives you any thanks. If you try and push a show too hard, you're trying to be the UFC. Yeah. If you don't push it hard enough, you're a two-bit fucking organisation. Like yeah. what? You, the fighter's got no fucking respect for you. You're just a platform for them. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, you know? Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's a funny thing, because it's like... What do you, I was going to ask you now. What do you think about the uh, the amateur thing? The, the international amateur like federation for MMA? What do you think? I mean, why are we giving... It gives a platform for all these amateur guys, but what are we giving them the platform for? What are, what are they getting out of it? Um, there's no money for them. They're not making any money at it. If they were getting a lot of money involved, then then it'd be good. But other than that, I, I think there's no negative to it other than it can put a lot of pressure on people. Um, it improves the calibre of amateur fighters, but I think what you're doing is you're holding people back now to dominate an amateur field and beat up other amateurs rather than turn them pro. And yeah. I think, you know, if you've got 10 fights at amateur, fuck off, go turn pro now. Yeah, you're you're, you're, you're 10 and 0 at fucking amateur. What are you proving now? Yeah. Beating people up with this limited skill set. Yeah. Flip, turn pro now, you know. Get, be managed properly, yeah. turn pro. There's certainly no no downside. I'm not going to say it shouldn't be there. But I think 
it gets used for people to build a name really big whilst they're beating up people who, you know. Yeah. Like a ten and O amateur fighting a five and O amateur is not a fair fight. Yeah. A ten and O amateur should be pro. Is that what you, you know? think? 10? Well, 10 not necessarily ten and O or, or ten fights. You know, once you've had enough experience, the, the, the skill set's holding you back. Mm. Move on. If you're in a, a skill set where you've got great wrestling, you take the guy down, you've got side control, but you can't hammer fist him or elbow him in the face. Yeah. You're in the wrong skill set. Yeah. Khabib should never fight pro because his skill set doesn't lend itself to fighting pro. Having that massively dominant grinding pound yeah. and good elbows. So if you're in a sport where the skill set's holding you back, move forward. Yeah. You know, so I think if you're doing well at amateur, dominate him, move forward, you know? Because mm. the weird thing is people, people get kind of bent up about it. Like, ah, he fights amateur. Fucking hell, ain't. You know what I mean? Fighting like, amateurs. Listen, you don't fight. Like, fighting amateur is fucking hard. If you're yeah. on your back getting fucking grind out by someone for three rounds, yeah. it's hard work. Yeah. You know? It's not... Like, like watch amateur boxing. Amateur boxing is, is fucking far superior to this white-collar shit that I watch. Far superior? Oh, hideous to watch But it. you're taking athletes and you're comparing them to fucking exactly. people, to normal people. Exactly. People think but people, that... But people say the same thing. Ah, he's amateur. Yeah. Like, but fucking hell, he's, am, he's amateur. That means he's learned. He's not just thrown in, he's learned. Do you yeah, know what I mean? he's like, gone through all the whole training yeah, process. He hasn't done an eight-week zero-to-hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what people do. They do an eight-week course for a white collar and they think that they've got the skill set of, yeah, well, I didn't fight amateur. But no, but they're far superior to yeah. you. An amateur would come in and wipe the floor with you. What are you not getting about this? No, I don't think you realise how hard I trained. No, <laughs> I do. Yeah. I know exactly how hard hey, you trained. I had the same thing I was trying to explain to someone the other day. They were like, yeah, yeah, but we did a white collar training for like eight weeks. It was flat out. It was like... Fair. If I said to you, you need to speak Arabic, I'm going to give you eight weeks of training to learn it, you'd go, well, I can't learn it in eight weeks. But so what, where the fuck did you think you could learn to be a professional boxer? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell. Exactly. You know I mean? exactly. Like, <laughs> and the penny still didn't drop. They still no. believe they're doing it. The amount of people yeah. who, I talk to people and like they'll, they'll talk to me like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Well, I know I'm training as hard as a pro. And I'm like, no, you're not. No. You're not tra- I know you're not training as hard as me. No, no. I'm tra- seriously. Listen, I'm training five days a week. Yeah. I'm training five hours a day. What the fuck are you on about? Yeah. I'm going to work and still training five hours a day. What? No, I'm like, people yeah. Are- but it's again, it's the same thing as it's the fucking YouTube. Oh, yeah, but I do I do the same stuff Anthony Joshua does. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do you? Yeah. What, for that fucking one minute Instagram yeah, video? Yeah. You Everyone does... Yeah, fuck exactly. off, mate. Yeah. Like, oh, no, mean? I looked up Anthony Joshua's uh, cardio. Pr- fuck off, mate. Like, it's not. It's the same in the CrossFit. Delusion. I, I watch the same in the CrossFit. Oh, I train the same as the CrossFitters. No, you don't. You yeah. fucking don't. Because you can clean 60 kilos. <laughs> you don't. Not, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did like two Metcons today. Wicked. Like, also, this is another thing for me as well. Like, are you taking gear? No. Right, you're not pushing yourself like CrossFitter is because those fucking CrossFitter guys are all on gear. Thank no, you. do you think? No, no, I know. Yeah. No, no, I know for a fact. It's a weird I know for a fact those guys are juiced out their fucking brain. I don't know, mate. Do you know what I mean? I'm a fucking, you know, part of rumour club, ain't I? But fuck me. You're, listen, listen, you're a professional S&T coach. Do you believe people are running the CrossFit games and not taking gear? No. 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 Do you believe they're... Would you agree or disagree... Over sixty percent of all professional athletes are taking steroids. Shouting it. I reckon it's well over. Reckon? I reckon you're closer to eighty percent. Just because of the, that documentary, Icarus, is what flipped it for me. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, like Icarus is fucking bonkers, eh? Mad. And that, <laughs> that Russian guy, can't think of his name, um, oh, it's Scripple. <laughs> not him. It's not him. Um, the Russian guy on that, oh, I can't think of his name, got a cartoon off in my head. I mean, that Russian guy has basically said, every Olympic athlete yeah, is on juice. They're all taking gear. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. It's like, like, I'm so far against it, it's unreal. I'm like, how's the fucking point? I can. Because you, 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 you know, you go from 100% to 101. Yeah. So you're like, fuck. That one percent I'm not, I'm not biggest... I don't even think you do. I think no clean athlete is getting 100%. You're getting maybe 90%. Yeah. You can't because of limiting factors. Home life, other commitments, well, I think most things of that the, you do. So yeah. let's say the top best guys in the world are banging 90%. That's fucking incredible. 90% yeah. of your potential. That is fucking amazing. So, the people who are taking steroids are getting 100% of their stuff. Lance Armstrong, was all he was doing was getting 100% of himself. Yeah. He was taking the EPO, but he was getting up in the middle of the night and going on 10 mile bike yeah, rides, then getting up into 120 mile bike rides to keep the, to keep the blood thin. Yeah, so, nice. I think, he, well, I think before that, he's 90% mental. I yeah. think a lot of us here. Mm-hmm. Like, the people that have, like, you can tell. The people that have been on something and then come off are fucking a lot different. The UFC showing us that. Fucking all sports. Overeem. Fucking like, hell. Like, but, but Alistair Overeem is probably one of the, one of the better done better ones. at it. Yeah, yeah. Vitor Belfort. Like, when you look at the list, it's... But it's here. It's they think they've lost something. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe know? they have lost something. Mm. Uh, maybe they have actually lost something. So, You're gonna lose I'm something. really pro-steroids, okay? Yeah. Never took them. Yeah. Wish I did in my early, early yeah. part of my career. Back when there was no mm. testing, I wish I had. Why? Because of injury prevention. Right. So when I had little tears or little injuries, I could have took some gear, rehabbed a bit better, maybe. Yeah, so but that's the other did. thing. Did you re- did you rehab? Yeah, that maybe I didn't rehab properly. There wasn't enough knowledge, Time and I didn't have enough knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think perhaps I shouldn't. I've never taken them. I had my knee surgery. And I took some growth for eight weeks, which I now realise you got at least four months before any right. growth is going to do you any benefit. Yeah, so I wasted my money there. Yeah, I didn't know a lot about it. I must admit, I yeah, didn't know so a lot I about growth. I know a lot about growth and a lot about steroids because my brother used to take a lot of steroids, so I sort of yeah. researched his cycles and stuff for him. I'm very pro steroid as long as the playing field's level. Yeah. As long as everyone knows you're taking steroids. Yeah, yeah. The Lance Armstrong thing. Well, everyone's taking steroids. Yeah. So you can't strip him of his title and not strip yeah. everyone else. Everyone knew. So I'm very pro-steroid if the, the playing field's level. Yeah. If the playing field isn't level, then that's when we've got problems. So, so you sport. say to everyone, you can take steroids, take yeah. take as much steroids as you yeah, want, yeah, yeah. or you say there's no steroids. You can't do this John James thing. Yeah. Oh, well, there's traces and there's this. No, whoa, 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 whoa. We're zero tolerance or yeah. we're not. But I think it's the... It's, it's the like cycling, in reality, what crime did he commit? He took some money. He allowed to push his body faster. Yeah, and, basically and then denied. The, yeah, and the post office paid him out, and that was that was the. So thing. if you would have if you would have took away the fact that he had to lie about it, his only crime would have been taking some taking, taking some steroids. Yeah. Harmless to everyone. Everyone is oh well, he lied on oath and he did this. Yeah, but he had to. Yeah. Because yeah. it was against the rules. Yeah. Like so. He didn't do anything. He didn't, and that's the same with for me with MMA. People are like, oh, it shouldn't be allowed this, in MMA because you can difference. punch each other's heads yeah, in, you can that's beat the each other up. For me. And it's weird. Joe Rogan say that all the time, and I completely agree. Yeah, one hundred percent agree with it. I can't harbour on the point because he's what Joe says is bang on the money. You're smashing someone's face in. Yeah. However, you can all take steroids. Just decide if you want to fight. Yeah. So if you match me with Vitor Belfort, Vitor, are you taking steroids? Yeah, I'm taking steroids. Okay, I'm not fighting you then, mate, all right? Because I'm yeah. not taking steroids. Or, okay, well, I'm going to take some testosterone as well then, yeah. and we'll both take care. Yeah. But the, prob- the problem then becomes, 
ESPN not interested. Re- which is fucking ridiculous because the next thing I was going to say was Reebok's not interested but fuck me Reebok are the cross, CrossFit kids CrossFit aren't they? Guys, so yeah. like, no listen it's they'll one, pull their money out for a little bit they'll come back when the yeah. fights are fucking like Pride when the yeah. fights are like Pride used to be they'll soon be back on board so. because someone will do Under Armour say fuck <laughs> principles I'll get on that bandwagon yeah because the sport will be massively more popular yeah you know you so. say, what do you think of the testing now the UFC testing so, everyone gets pinned for everything it's it's amazing, but you have to just say zero tolerance because all these people are like, what's his name? Just got paid out for $24 million. Yeah, um, what's his f- yeah, you are Romero um, for the supplement thing. So we've got to either go zero tolerance, right? You're zero tolerance. Don't care where you got it from. Zero tolerance. That's you do the research. But then John Jones should have never been allowed to fight. No, but you I, can't have the, the two exactly. crossovers. So, you know? Like, the way I understood it is that, like, if you take a banned substance, it's banned. Yes. Regardless whether it's performance enhancing or not. Mm-hmm. So like when I was listening to to Rogan, who's, who's the guy? Jeff Nowitzki. Yeah, him. Snitch. Like he he was on there. He's like, yeah, but it's such a small amount anyway. It's not even performance enhancing. Like, well, hang on a minute. Like, yeah. you, you can you can have it both. Exactly. It's either banned and it's banned, and that's it. Like if fucking yeah. fuck it, anything. If water was banned, it's got you get no performance enhancing drug. You get no performance out of water. Yeah. But it's in your system. Ah man, but it's just water. Yeah, but hang, like, on. hang on a minute. That's what, the what, So why are, why are we banning um, IVs, IV solutions? Why are we banning IV solutions? Yeah, look, they're just, helping people they hydrate are. quicker. Can they slip oh, yeah, shit you in? Can, you can slip shit in. Yeah. Hang on a minute, right? You're taking away uh, steroids and stuff because it's not fair and it's performance enhancing. IV solutions are medically a lot safer for people who have cut weight. Yeah, yeah but then they were stopping people from cutting big weight now because they can't yeah, IV. that's what I was going to say. Right, okay. That's a, that's a very valid point. However, are you? Mm. Are you doing that? Because nobody went up a level, up a weight class. No. That's Everyone's still finding yeah. the same weight class. They're just not IVing anymore. But do people get So what you need it? to do, is, it's easy what you do. UFC administered um, IVs. Yeah. You want that's IV, fair. it comes from the UFC, it gets administered by the UFC. That's it. Boom. Any other UFC, any other um, hydration via IV is not accepted. Yeah. You get state commissioned IV solution or you get nothing. So. But then you then you then sort of you're in the you're in the realms of well, what the Bellator do and what the One FC do and like ah oh, they're all slightly different levels. Listen, you've got to have a, if you're like, going to conform to a commission, you just conform to the commission. Yeah. They can conform and they cannot conform. You turn around. Listen, UFC doesn't have to conform to USADA. They brought USADA in. Yeah. So they so UFC aren't governed by USADA. You know that, right? No. No. So they're not governed by USADA. They brought in Jeff Nowitzki and started their very own program. Yeah. Nowitzki followed the USADA, the USADA rules. Yeah. So they brought in Nowitzki to clean up UFC, which is why people were getting hit and done for stuff that USADA don't usually cover because right. Nowitzki started cleaning up the UFC. Now, he works for. He works for the UFC. He does stuff for the UFC. Yeah. But he follows the USADA process as opposed to WADA because WADA was obviously the Olympic one and people were getting fucking caught using gear, etc. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you get, then you get into people caught with the trace elements in protein powders, etc. But listen, you take responsibility as an athlete. I'm using this supplement. Okay. Yeah. Have they had any testing? No. I'm going to send mine off for testing. Oh, well, it costs $2,000. Listen, are you a professional athlete or not? Yeah. Don't take the fucking protein yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Don't take the protein. What? This is why I can't work out why the UFC don't go. Here's our brand. We guarantee it's clean. Exactly. exactly. Everyone takes this. But it, again, it comes down to money. 
the UFC make it, you get fuck all. Like, what's it? What yeah. are they on now? Gat in it or whatever, whatever John James was on or whatever, whatever the supplement, whatever oh, yeah, the fucking, remember, whatever yeah. the company's called. Like, John, they must make so much fucking money from John Jones because John Jones takes it. Yeah. Do you know? Like, whatever. It, 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 any of yeah. them. But then again, you're the taking the money away from fighters again because they can't be affiliated exactly. to one this person. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's fucked. The whole thing's a pretty fucked, but it does need cleaning up. It did need cleaning up if we're going to be a clean sport. Yeah. It did need clean up. It has been cleaned up. Um, it's is it for the better? I, I don't really fucking know. Um, I think now it's the most skillful it's ever been. Yeah. People like Khabib etc. are dominating through pure skill. You know, and Ben Askren. Like, yeah. I'm not accusing Ben Askren of being on any gear ever. Do you yeah. know what I mean, I don't know if his own balls work properly, Ben Askren. <laughs> but technically, he's so fucking sound yeah. and so good at what he does. To me, know? that that's what. Sh- like, I don't know, but I think that's what it should be. But I think you it's but, hard to ask an athlete to perform at that level three times a year and to go through three training camps that time and keep their body in condition. Mm-hmm. Your lifespan's very short in this sport anyway. So what you're going to find is crowd favourites like Conor McGregor, who people would love to fight, see fight three times a year, are only going to be able to fight once because their body's fucked. Yeah. Like, so what about a professional rugby player then? He puts his, he puts his body through that. Not the same. Th- not the fucking same. He's not getting punched in the head. No, he's not getting kicked in the leg constantly. Yeah, it's a lot of impact. Right. If, you say if we spar, how many times do you get kicked in the leg if we spar Quite in a lot. one session? Quite Let's a lot. say five times in in three five minute rounds, you get kicked in the leg five times. Yeah. If we spar three times a week, that's fifteen times in a week you've been kicked yeah. in the leg, right? Then how many times do I take you down in a five minute round? Let's fucking say, loads well let's say twice let's say twice so yeah. that's six times in a 15 minute round that yeah. happens three times a week okay so that's 18 times you've been taken down over and over again then you've got the punch in the head then you've got the wrist locks arm locks leg locks you're back because you're shooting on me and getting sprawled on yeah there's no way two training sessions of full contact rugby and a game a week mm. is the same intensity yeah because you could go a whole game and not even make a tackle you can't go yeah. a whole sparring session and not get hit that's true so it's intense and I'm not taking anything away from rugby players. It's fucking hard when it's hard is really hard, you know? Yeah. It's not the same thing. Mm. A demand on your body, you know? It's, n- it's just not it's the same different. thing. It's a different demand. All the strength and conditioning and stuff the same. Yeah. I'm not saying we're any fitter, we're better athletes. That's all the same. Yeah. But, but I'll it- take 90 minutes of rugby practice over fucking five five minute round sparring with another equally good level yeah. pro. I understand what you're saying. But it's like... Uh, if you're going to go, you can train MMA. Obviously, you're talking about sparring. But you can train MMA. You can go, well, I'm not going to get punched in the head now for the next three weeks. Yeah. None. I'm not going to get yeah. punched in the head once. And you can train for that. Yeah. You can practice leg kicks. You can do jiu-jitsu. You yeah. can just do whatever. You can train for that. Yeah. Whereas, when you're such a, like, like rugby is chaos. Like, I look at, ca- rugby is chaos. Yeah. So, you put, anything you do, there's always the element of, ah, Something could happen. Could, but could happen. Yeah. So listen, I can train no headshots. How many times do you think I've shot on people and whacked my head on their hip? Yeah. How many times do you think I've took people down and hit my head on the floor? Yeah. How many times have I, someone gone for a guillotine, I've tried to escape and crank my neck round? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the getting punched in the head's a small element. You still get a lot of impact. Yeah. Like, getting double-legged and falling back and break falling <laughs> is a massive shock yeah. on, your, on your brain, you know? Yeah. So I think, comparatively... I don't think it's anywhere near as much trauma to your body playing rugby 
comparatively, but, I think, but it is very demanding yeah. and it can be worse. Yeah. If you're a fucking a prop and there's 12 scrums in a game and you've been rocking all game as well, yeah. the chances are you might have had a four weeks contact for an MMA fighter in one game. Yeah. But then you might not have that again for another three matches. Yeah. I the MMA fighter is going to get that again the next the next bar, definitely. Yeah, I do understand what you're saying. No. It's, uh, it's funny. I'll, I try and ask these questions to all the lads and they come in the gym, lads and girls and whatever else. It's like, who do you reckon is the, the best athlete ever and the best sportsman ever? I ask this all the time. These are one of my like, buzzwords. Like, when we're sat waiting to lift some weights, I'm like, what do you reckon? Because everyone comes up with a different thing. Yeah. So, so the very best sportsman. So they don't have to be like, so let's say sports. sportsman. Best at their sport. So like Floyd or oh, best anything. at their sport. Best at their, their sport. Their okay. Sport. So the best at their own sport. Um, you'd have to mention someone obviously like Ali, etc. Because he was so dominant. Do it in our like. Did. Do it in our like. I would Okay. Uh, Thirty six. We just bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> we just mention that. Well, mate, you talking about Thirty six. Um, the best in our the best athlete the best in their sport Serena Williams I'm going with yeah yeah the best in the sport yeah in their own sport I would probably go Serena Williams or Michael Jordan LeBron I didn't think you'd say it um oh mate I think it's Floyd for me. Do you think I'm not like? No, I don't. Uh, I give Floyd. He's the best at what he did, um, but I think he's got a few questionable decisions. That maybe like you know he just had so much. Floyd's amazing. He'd always he'd probably be top five for me yeah. definitely. Um, Serena Williams was so dominant. Mm. I think she'd have beat a lot of male tennis players. Yeah, but you can't, you can't, you can't go like... No, I just think that yeah. she would have done. She was so good, so dominant. Um, in their own sport, who people who stand out for me is... Or Tiger. Tiger, yeah, Tiger he was very dominant, yeah. Um, Michael Schumacher. Oh, yeah, fuck me, yeah, Schumacher. Schumacher, maybe. Well, then yeah. Lewis does it now. Sport's movies. very different. Yeah, the sport's different. He's not driving the same car. No. That what they're driving now is very different. So Sh- Schumacher maybe. Um, yeah, people. It's it's very hard. But to if say. you put Schumacher in the car now, but you do the same. I'd imagine he'd. Oh yeah, I think he'd walk it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a lot easier to drive now yeah. than it was back then. Yeah, yeah, I think so much computers involved. You know, so I think it's easier to drive now than it was back then. Um, but then you have some really weird ones who like people who. Like Paula Radcliffe and Mo Farah, and yeah. people you wouldn't really consider, but Mo Farah's amazing. The things he's you're shocking, shocking all he's done to run, but he's dominated that field against like Ethiopians and stuff. And he's still been Kenyans. He's yeah. still been dominant. Someone like that. Um, so and no then when you get to like, now? no jobs in that sport now. I would imagine there is. I don't believe there is a clean sport. No, I don't believe there is a clean sport. I believe if you were to take the and top ten athletes. In every high-performing sport in the world, the top ten athletes, I would say seven of them are on gear. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's not the biggest numbers one to seven. Yeah, they're on. They're on something. something Reducing yeah. somewhere or yeah, yeah. yeah, whether Some that's uh, yeah, clenbuterol for cardio and or caffeine. Caffeine, like, whatever it is. So I, I think mean, they're breaking the rules somewhere yeah. or another. Yeah, I'd say that. Uh, but then when you go to like people who are amazing people, someone who really stands out for me, James Cracknell. A hundred percent. Fucking that man is. Oh fuck me, a hundred percent. Something different until he had an accident. That yeah, but even now he's still like, fucking smashing it. He used to. He had. He released some documentaries a few years ago where he would just take on these challenges. Yeah, Marathon the Sabbath. Stuff. Marathon the Sabbath. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like that. Like, what's the highest uh, Englishman's ever finished? Thirteenth. I'll finish off. Yeah. So he just went to set up born like James. You can't run how we run. You have to run a bit different. Okay. Boom. Go. Did you ever used to watch the things with him and uh, what's the other dude? Ben Ben. Foda. Ben, ben Fogel. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ben Fogel. Yeah. yeah, him. Ben Fogel. They're yeah. decent. Yeah, yeah, wicked. I love that. So, yeah. I, mean, I like Ben Fogel, and I like like the new lives in the wild and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. I like him. Um, yeah, I really like. I really like James Crack. I like his mentality. You'd have SAS former SAS guys, and they're like, I've never met a human like him. No. Like I've never met a human with the brain like there's him. Some, there's special people, special and they like, people. and those special people are normally fucked. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. something ain't quite right, is there? Something's not quite right. Yeah. You're so, on the spectrum. They're on the spectrum somehow, you know? But I think that's the only way you can get there. I think that the absolute top level, top level athletes are somewhere. There's something... If you, I bet if you sat down in here now, we did a different sort of podcast, and everyone could just say what they wanted to say, I bet they make more fuck-ups than me and you. Yeah, a they, bit they socially... They open their mouth somewhere yeah. that they shouldn't... Socially, I mean? they're a little bit weird, they're a little bit different, but I think... But this if you is took like, the fame up, even if you take the fame away, I think yeah. fame makes people weird. I yes. never want to be famous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know? lots of people strive for fame, which I find really weird if it's not attached to achieving something. No, but they attach, like, they attach fame with money. Yeah, and so, but a lot of people, if you said to people, listen, you could be worth a million quid and be famous, or you could be worth 10 million and nobody knows you, people would take the million and be famous, yes, which I find crazy. As well, for me, people think that I want to be known because I do this podcast and I do stand up and I fight professionally. I have no interest in, in me being famous. Yeah. I love talking to people. I love that you've got a story yeah. and you deserve a platform to chat. I'm just arrogant enough to say, I'm going to put it out no, there someone's going to listen. I don't think it's arrogance. I mean, like, I can't for one of a better word. You know? Yeah, that's you the thing for me. Like a stand-up comedy. Like, oh yeah, you think you're going to be like Brendan Shop? No, I couldn't give a fuck about being like Brendan Shop. I couldn't yeah. give a fuck if nobody ever comes to watch me do comedy. I started writing comedy that I thought it was funny. I wanted to go on stage and I was dying to bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to bomb. There can't be any worse feeling. Imagine being stood there. I mean, I've been at nights and people have bombed and I feel yeah. sick. I'm like, oh my fucking God. Now, I want that to happen to me. And people are like, what? You're nuts. I'm like, no, because it's the most extreme that it can be. I want people to piss themselves at one of my gigs and I want people to boo me off stage yeah. because I've had the two massive extremes. That was the one That's thing. Like you know when feel. I did the hundred things? Yes. That was the one thing that was on there. I was like, thank fuck, I didn't have to do that. Yeah? Yeah, fuck that. I did some cool stuff on there, but fucking I'm glad I didn't have to do that. What, what would, like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to do it. It's bad enough fucking talking on here. Yeah, people say like, oh, I'd rather fight in a cage and do stand-up comedy. And I'm like, but it's subjective. Just yeah. write something that you find funny. I've got, uh, listen, I'm not, I'm in no place to tell someone how to be a comedian. Yeah. I'm not a fucking comedian. I've done 10 stand-up comedy gigs or something, you know. I've done, uh, I've done the Bath. I applied to do the Bath Comedy Festival this year. I got a place, so I did that. Yeah. Um, and I've done a few open mic nights and I've done a few 
not paid gigs, but they're actual comedy gigs. So yeah, I'm yeah. like a, a five minute or 10 minute slot on an actual comedy gig. Yeah. And I love it. I can give nobody advice about how to be a comedian. But I'm not a comedian. I've done some comedy stuff. I love writing comedy. But I think it's subjective. I've seen some people and I'm like, you are fucking crap. I wouldn't want to follow but you. I watched people they're on the a comedian TV. in the night. Yeah. I watched people like, on the TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't grasp it. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Hart's the number one selling comedian in the world. I watch a lot of his stuff and I'm like, nah, I'm missing yeah. it. But I don't I'm think it's funny it. here. I think it's funny there. But, but possibly, but then I'm still watching. I'm like, I'm not, it's still not. And okay, he, he's got a lot of black reference jokes, which are going to be a lot more funny if you're from that culture. So yeah. I agree with that. No, no, no I mean, like, even in the, in the building, I mean, like, it's like when you're, when you go to watch comedy live, you laugh because everyone else laughs. You, you but, right, so this is the thing. So I've oh, done yeah. open mic comedy gigs and it's literally me and there's five other comedians who are all there to do the open mic. Yeah. And then I've done... And the set is like... I've got a couple of chuckles. I've done exactly the same seven-minute set on a comedy show where I've been asked to do a five-minute slot yeah. or a seven-minute slot. I did it. Laugh. I've shown you the video, right? Yeah, I yeah. get laughs. I get yeah, claps. Yeah, yeah. I get, and I'm like, that fucking worked shit in that other room. Yeah. But people have come to laugh. Yeah. So if I you mean, go to a venue thinking I'm gonna have fun and go to a comedy, yeah. you're already in a mood to exactly. laugh. We went to Bill Burr. Yeah. Fuck me, I was on my, I was laughing my head off. Yeah, yeah. And then we watched the same thing back. It was on like, um, on the Netflix, whatever. And I was like, what is funny is when I watched. It, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, but I'm sat on my own. Don't yeah. that. Like they've got, you know, the, the the environment's different. You know, but the atmosphere. They the great comedians. This is from a a, a, com a comedy fan, not yeah. from any other yeah, knowledge. Yeah. Great comedians have an aura. They create the atmosphere yeah. in the room that you're there. As soon as you walk on the stage, you're like, oh, this fucking god. <laughs> yeah. And just like Mickey Flanagan, I found amazing when I've seen him live. Only once or twice I see him on the TV, and I think you're fucking brilliant. You know, yeah, yeah. John Bishop is another one. I don't really rate John Bishop on, on his stand-up shows. Put him on a panel show. Yeah, Love he's him. funny, yeah. Love him. And then Sean Locke. Sean Locke is amazing on 8 out of 10 Cats and stuff. Yeah, he's funny. Not a massive fan of his comedy, you yeah. know? Other people, Tim but Vine. They're, but they're like responsive, aren't they? They're like quick. Yeah, quick-witted, like exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, now, that's the sort of thing that I appreciate as well. I that's how, that I consider myself to be like that in social environments. Yeah. I feel like if there's someone who's going to take the piss or pick up on something, it's me. So yeah. I respond really well to that. I yeah. like it. But Mate, the best some people ever. sometimes don't put out good comedy yeah. specials. The best that ever was when was when Ricky was in the change room and you looked up and he was like, ah, oh, then 92 fucking slits in your eyebrows. I'm fucking <laughs> laughing my head off. It's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It's fucking the funniest thing I've ever heard. But it's, man, that was another big thing like I, like, uh, like I realised from you guys. And it comes from your own personality. It was, um, when you're in change rooms, they're weird places, aren't they? Yes. Like be behind, behind change rooms. It's yeah. like, uh, whereas you're very, well, really relaxed. Like I remember coming to go with Chris years ago. I fucking, I can't remember where it was now. But I was like, God, this is what I thought it was going to be like. Like I thought everyone would be cr crawling up the walls or yeah. fucking whacking shit out. And they weren't. And you were mega relaxed, mega chatty. You were really just chatting and fucking about. I was like, yeah. ah, this is what it's about, you know? Like, it's, you know, setting the scene. But yeah, but that's what made me laugh yeah. the other day. Because I could tell Ricky was like kind of, fucking up. what do we expect here then? What's yeah, this going to be like? And yeah. everyone went, yeah. you, I'm Ronnie, and everyone, everyone was fucking about it. Yeah. I was like, man, this is the dream, you know? So I get a lot of texts. Obviously, once you've cornered people, and I mean, I've probably cornered MMA fighters and boxers conservatively, let's say a thousand times, yeah. conservatively. Um, 
So, like, I regularly do seven in a night, you know, so I think that's conservative to a thousand times. And uh, I regularly get messages afterwards of people saying, mate, I don't know if I can fight without you there. It was such a calming influence. Yeah. You made me feel so at ease. And it's, I mean, when you've been in the environment, what you expect it to be and what it is are two completely different yeah. things. But you can go in and you can create the environment to be a really lonely, enclosed environment. Yeah. And then, again, the logical thing, I'll sit down. When I go to wrap people's hands, I talk to them. Yeah. And like, What's your game plan? Yeah, tell me yeah, yeah. Stop, shut up. It's not your game plan. Boom, basic. Let's keep it this. Yeah. What happens if anything goes wrong to the game plan? Oh, I'm gonna, we're going to get back to the game plan. Boom, simple. Yeah, yeah. Just make it nice and simple. Like yeah. And I'm like, ah, listen, it's just a fucking fight. That's all it is. It's just a fucking fight. You're yeah. going to get punched in the face. It's going to hurt when you get punched in the face. But you've trained to get out of it and you've been in that position a thousand times. You know how to get out of anything. Anything they do to you tonight, you know how to get out of. We're just, it's just a fight. Let's not make this something that it's not. Yeah. You're going to build it up to be a massive event. In the end, you're going to have your fight. You're going to move off and the next person after you is the yeah, people yeah. that are going to care about that. It's yeah. just a fucking fight, you know? So I try and approach it logically and people do, have said to me before, you're really calm and it's a really relaxed influence. Obviously, you d I don't appreciate that myself because I'm just being me. Yeah. You know, I don't go out of my way to be calm into people. Yeah. I just... Take the piss yeah, out of you, even though I'd be like, Where's he fighting him? Yeah, yeah. So what? You're coming over two slits in your eyebrow, you're getting the fucking <laughs> out too quick. That fucking, can't care if you're fighting yeah. or not. You don't funny. walk in here with a fucking man bag on, and I'm not gonna mention it. <laughs> you know? It's just how it is. Listen, brother, we better, it's two hours, 42 minutes. We better yeah, wrap on. this bitch up, bro. Right? Well, we got five o'clock. Fuck. Yeah. I got, I'm Begging pretending I got something to do. I got, I got, I got him. private at seven. So, um, mate, listen, thank yeah, you very thank much. You. Amazing of you on. I knew you'd be amazing on here. We didn't talk about any of the things that I thought we were going to talk about, like last week's UFC and stuff. So we'll do this again Perfect. soon as well. You were the first live video. They're watching. People's watching. You were the first ever live one. So thank you very much, mate. Yeah, thanks, and uh, we'll get you on soon. Anything you want to drop, things that people should follow, etc. No. Yeah, so fuck his gym that he's trying to build and stuff then, guys. Don't worry about it. It's one of them things, isn't it? it everyone knows where we are. It's, it's, yeah, It's yeah. a little place. We try and, and keep the dickheads away and that's it. There's link. There's going to be links and stuff. I'll put links up when I put the photo art and stuff on Instagram. Um, A3 uh, Academy and stuff. Follow it. I tag it all the time, etc. Follow Ben. Keep up to date with what he's doing. Um, yeah, other than that. As you've seen, hopefully he's funny, he's cool, it's been absolutely brilliant, mate. No, so no, thank you very much. No, thank you. We'll catch up again.